the world is full of wonders. Magic is hidden in small moments. And monsters could be hiding just out of sight. But if you're looking to find them, adventure is waiting to happen. You never know who you'll meet along the way. We are the Storyteller Squad. Adventurers, welcome back to the Storyteller Squad. Thanks for joining us for more of our Monster of the Week game. Before we start, let's see how our heroes are doing now that they've arrived at Echo Bay. Here to answer the age-old question, if a Hugo falls in the woods, does he make a sound? If we're lucky, we won't have to find out. Hugo Rashad. Oh shit, that was a good one. It's so good. We're trying oh, a no. thing where we, where, where we don't pre-write these, and now we're all flexing our improv Just muscles. Just off the top of our heads. Here yeah. we go. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Hello, everyone. Asia Whitaker here, and Aiden would not let me wear a suit in the woods. That's all I got. I'm sorry. I love that. That was That's perfect. So <laughs> oh, we might do this forever now. <laughs> oh no. I'm fine with that. That's cool with me. <sighs> I got my tent, I got my cloak, I got my solar-powered contraption that charges up all my devices. I am ready for camping. I'm Raven Eugenia. I am excited for this sabotage. What? I'm Damien Angelo Edgecrest. I am so excited. Maybe I'll meet another tree person. Maybe I'll meet some new spirits. I don't know. I'm just really excited. I'm Felicity Starnbrook. And I am really glad that the person who plays me didn't write intros this week because it turned out great. <laughs> I'm <laughs> Aiden Brightwood. <laughs> I'm very busy. And Aiden is going to be very busy protecting y'all as you try to keep Sasquatch from being discovered by this team of scientists. Last time, you guys were still in Portland at the Eastie Agency. You went to visit the Deep End, the club owned in the Pearl District by one King Octopus, and discovered the aquarium-themed setup that he's got going on there. Damien did some very bold reconnaissance and discovered a lot of clues about things that might be happening down there on the exclusive VIP levels of that place. Eventually, though, you decided we've had enough of Portland and we need some space to regroup and reassess how we're going to come at the problem of all the interconnectedness between King Octopus and Olivia Eastie and the organization in general. And so you took a fairly low-key assignment, or what you thought would be low-key, and after a brief pit stop in Autumn Falls, you headed up to the Echo Bay Marina. There you met with Gary Auburn, the marina groundskeeper, and he showed you the group of scientists led by Aaron Pike, his team of researchers who are there at the lake, or the bay rather, to try and prove the existence of the Willituck Lake Monster. It's sort of a inland bay. It does connect to the ocean, but it's not on the coast or anything. You went to one of the cabins that Gary said you could rent out once a family finishes their vacation. 
and he revealed that it was actually Gary himself who had sent out the tip email to the Eastie agency that something was going on at Echo Bay Marina, because it turns out that Gary Auburn is Sasquatch, the one and only, and he is now standing in, was it Cougar Cabin? Yes, that was it. Like <laughs> he has revealed himself to our two favorite interdimensional beings and one expat British man. <laughs> Basically the same thing. Yeah. And he says, Oi, I'm so glad you're here because this is going to be real dangerous uh, if those folks find out about that. They're, uh, you know, if they know about the Willow Talk monster, well, they're going to get all sorts of reporters up in here and they're going to go around with their cameras and their microphones and, oh, they might discover me living up here. And that's the whole reason I took this job was to keep an eye on the natural things living in the lake and also to, you know, move attention away from myself. Gary. Um, you do have like a huge poster in the welcome room about the Willatuck Lake monster. Well, yeah, no, that's like, intentional. That's so nobody's putting up big posters of Sasquatch, you know? I mean, it's like any, well, I mean, I guess, but like any sort of attention on the area might be maybe not advised. It's worked pretty well so far, but I don't want to question your methods there, Mr. Agent, sir. I, what, see, usually it's not so serious because you got folks up here with their cheap little cameras and oftentimes, you know, they fall in the river. Oh, how'd that happen? And so they lose all the film and any evidence they might cook up. But most folks aren't really equipped to really get a lot of good, you know, evidence or hard recordings of the little creature there who comes by every once in a while. So I just, it seems like a pretty good thing. I keep an eye on them and they draw the attention away from me and my family. Oh, you got a whole family up here. Yeah, me wife Vivian's up at the house with Danny the boy, and so, you know, but we keep them out of the public eye. Nobody knows I'm married, except people I talk to like you. Oh, that is so wonderful to hear, and so heartwarming. I know we're kind of in a crisis mode right now, but it really tickles my heart. Well, you know, thank you. I appreciate that. You know, we're having a good life up here in the wilds. So, just to get the facts straight. There is a Willowtuck Lake monster. Oh, certainly, yeah, this no, quiet we call her, Okay. We call her Willow, yeah. Okay, so there is a lake monster who we're kind of okay with people seeing because she takes the heat off of you. Well, uh, preferably we like people to come up, look around a bunch, and then get discouraged and go home without seeing her at all. But you know, sometimes they do. But then who are they gonna believe? You know, old crazy Gary and a bunch of tourists. No, they never bring up any real scientists except for this new crew that showed up with Mister Pike. Is this sea creature lonely? Do they belong in the ocean? Oh, they come by every couple of seasons, so I imagine they're out there, you know, exploring and whatnot. No, so they come and go as they see fit. We just have to make sure that the scientists don't get a glimpse of them. And I take it, is it possible we can get Willow back out to sea again without them noticing? So if there's absolutely nothing in the lake, we can just kind of wait them out? Well, possibly, but I assume when she comes around that she's here doing something important for her life cycle, you know. Maybe she's uh, has a young one down there in the depths, or she's come to have some of the plants that grow here and nowhere else in the world. Could, could we talk to her at, uh, at any point? I know that's a little risky, considering the uh, Talk to the women, talk to she's a, she's a great, nice, gentle beastie, but not one to conversate much. Mm, that does make it difficult. 
Well, actually, theoretically, there are some people in our party who could talk to the Willatuck monster, given the right game-breaking magical abilities. Well, fantastic! That's, you know, why I brought you up here. Not so much for that fourth wall-breaking stuff, but because you're the experts over at that agency you're part of. That's right. (laughs) We here at the Eastie Agency love pushing the boundaries of everything Natalie does. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. <laughs> Whitaker looks right into the camera. Yeah, just direct <laughs> eye contact, like an office shot. Oh. Yeah. So, Gary, once he's shown you all who he is, he will hunch back down again and put his hat and his gloves back on. Now he appears more like the groundskeeper. And he says, Right, so I can help you set up your camps and whatnot, get you comfy and situated for your time here. That is my job still. But if you need anything else, if I could be of assistance in getting that crew of scientists who are poking their noses around out of here, then you let me know. Gary, this has absolutely nothing to do with the mission, but as soon as we're in this cabin, please come over for drinks. I'm sure everyone would love to meet you. Oh, I'd love that! Yeah, you know, maybe once it's all blown over, I'll take you up and you can meet the missus and me, boy. That would be fantastic. Gary... Heads back to the camp office to pull up your paperwork, sign you in, get you all checked out. As you're walking back, Aiden punches your arm, Damien. Murder? Sabotage? Really? You're just going to throw that? We just met him. What is wrong with you? I don't know your rules. I asked nicely. (sighs) She just rolls her eyes and goes to help with unpacking. Sometimes we can shoot people and sometimes we shouldn't shoot people. I asked. Jeez. We're going to err on the side of not shooting people this this arc, I think. Good to know. All right, Damien, we'll let you in our secret. We can do a little bit of property damage <laughs> as a treat. Okay. How much? Give me like a dollar amount. It's not really about the dollar amount. It's about making sure their cameras stop working or are pointed somewhere else. It's about making sure they don't come back with any evidence. Also, I have no idea how much any of that stuff costs. So even a dent could be a large dollar amount. It's about dissuading them from getting what they need here, you know? Yeah. Oh, also an important note, we can't make it look like sabotage. Because if it looks like the things were purposefully destroyed, they're going to start coming up with conspiracy theories. It has to look like animal did it, the wind knocked it over, that sort of thing. How's the tent setting up going? I was going to ask, our trio who did not go and meet Sasquatch, how is setting up the camp going? It's a great tent. It's huge, and Raven set it up multiple times. That's true. It's your so family's tent, right? probably in charge. Felicity is also very well-versed in camping, so she is having Ghosty and Tom help out. She's having them go get the little pegs off of our little picnic table that we have. That's a very cute image of them just running into a bag of steaks and then coming out carrying one between them like it's a big (laughs) (laughs) two-by-four. So they're staking the tent down, they're helping us out, and between Raven and I, we get that thing up pretty quick. Yeah, our local Autumn Falls ladies are veterans at camping at this point. It's a humongous tent, and so if Hugh goes around, we will definitely need his help. Hugo is very much out of his element, doesn't really remember how any of this camping stuff works, so he's just doing essentially what people need him to do, holding stuff, putting things from here to here. I imagine it's a lot of, Hugo, can you grab that slappy part? No, no, a little to the left, no, that part. Yep, can you just, just hold it straight up? 
perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Holding it as high as he can while we, like, get it set up. I have brought Whitaker a surprise, and I'm blowing up his air mattress. (laughs) That's good, because for all the times he's been on Woods missions, he's a total city boy. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) so I'm I'm blowing up uh, Whitaker's air mattress inside and, and laying out all of our blankets and sleeping bags for all of us. So you are joined once again by the other half of your monster hunting crew. And you guys share that like, oh my gosh, we met Bigfoot and relay that he is worried about the scientists finding the lake monster, which he has confirmed is definitely a real thing. Uh, Oh, okay. So when do we get to meet Bigfoot? That's my first question. I invited him over. over. Yeah, he's just waiting in the welcome lodge if you ever want to talk to him. You invited him over. um, he didn't seem keen on it now because we're doing the mission stuff. But, like, listen, it, the offer's on the table if he wants, like, some s'mores or um, I bought drinks, too, because it's a camping thing. Can't have a good camping mission without a good set of drinks. And I'm just, I'm just saying, it'd be nice to have Bigfoot over for dinner sometime. What would we cook for Bigfoot? That's so much pressure. What I don't he know. Is he, you said he has a family? Is he bringing his family? Oh my god. Is Bigfoot a vegetarian? We should find out. We would hate to offend him. He sounds delightful. I'd be really so excited to meet him. You have your mission parameters. I think at this point, describe to me some moves you guys want to take, and we can roleplay out each one as we go, but you're going to have to start doing the gameplay of Monster of the Week to like (laughs) set yourselves up for success uh, against these scientists who you could also go talk to again. Excellent. I have a few suggestions for a few of us. Hugo, I've seen you do electricity things before. If you could find some way to EMP their electrical equipment and prevent it from working, that would buy us some time. Felicity. Yes. If you can talk with the lake monster and make friends with them, we will have an idea for how long we need to stall for time. And if they have a particular type of kelp that they like to eat. I mean, that sounds like the greatest mission ever. Make friends with the lake monster. Do you think I'm we'll down. have the lake monster over for dinner? We can have like a picnic on like a dock. Make him a big kelp salad. <laughs> Are we going to try and discover this creature before the other group? I think that might be, because here's the thing, we know it's there, and it seems a little antithetical to the mission if we try to find it, because the ideal situation is nobody finds it. But it might help to find this willow and communicate in some way, hey, you might want to get out of here if you can, and please be careful. So it's on the table as a possibility. I'm all for talking to her, or him, or them. I I would love that. I didn't bring any scuba gear or anything i have a swimsuit but do they have stuff at the camp place for like swimming in the lake you did see when you went down to the front office whitaker that there are kayaks and canoes and other boats that are there and you can rent them if you'd like as part of the recreational aspect of this marina what time is it what time is it yeah Uh, forget what time we said you guys got there but i think it's like late afternoon It, it took you a while to drive up here and then you had to like fly in on the uh Mm -hmm. the seaplane so yeah it's probably not quite sunset but very close to i think we should check up 
with the scientists and see if we should do this whole thing tonight or if we should do it soon or if it can wait till maybe tomorrow. So admittedly, when we came in, I kind of made it sound like we were trying to find the the monster too, just to kind of like establish a relationship with them. So they kind of think we're rivals right now, but they don't know you, you and you, he points to Raven, Felicity, Hugo. So if you guys want to go talk to them and try to like make friendly with them and see what they're finding out, that might be a good strategy. We could also play up the angle that we're working towards the same thing. We could offer to help them. Oh yeah, maybe sort of like, hey, we realize we don't have all your fancy equipment, so we just thought we'd see what you all were up to. Or I pretend like I'm such a big fan of the lake monster, and I am just so excited to meet some scientists who are going to hunt for the lake monster, and I just need them to tell me everything. Yeah, honesty is the best policy, they say. So as a refresher... Um, yeah, I've got their names down, but that's it. Aaron Pike looks like he's in his mid-30s. That's kind of the range you'd guess for the whole group. They might be a little younger, like late 20s, or a little older, early 40s. But they're all generally middle-aged, but healthy-looking adults. Not a lot of age or youth to any of them in particular. They look like established uh, scientists uh, looking for research grants. Yeah, they look like they've been in the field. They know what they're doing. There's five of them. Aaron Pike, who seems to be the ringleader. There is his friend, Robert Cook, who's just sort of a big muscle-bound guy who's usually helping to carry a lot of the equipment or handle securing the shipments or the samples that they're taking. There is Paul Richards, who you saw dealing with the boat and the truck. He seems to be their transport and vehicles guy. And then there was the woman who was sitting and chatting with Pike. Uh, Her name is Beverly Turner. She is a diver, the scuba expert of the group. And then the other young woman with them is Alice Ward. And she is sort of the marine biologist on the team, the one with a PhD and everything. So young adults, but have some experience under their belts. We've got a fair bit of options on the table. Is there anything else anyone wants to add? After I turn into a skunk and spray the inside of their cabin, habitable. <laughs> I'm going to say, Damien, that is not in your abilities to do. <laughs> you, you can, can transform like, into a skunk. But... You can look like a skunk, but I don't think you have skunk powers once you do. Now, if you go into the woods and find a skunk. That's true. <laughs> there we go. You could befriend a skunk and then... <laughs> if you can't you become a skunk, a skunk on your own, store bot is fine. You True. gotta turn into a skunk, go into the woods, and then find a skunk to fall in love with you, follow you back, Ooh. and then lead them into the cabin and have them spray it. Damien's skunky side quest. <laughs> I hope that everyone is as hours. excited for Damien's skunky side quest <laughs> because otherwise the plan would just be turn into some sort of native bird to the area and keep an eye on them. That way when everyone has questions as to who's getting close, who's getting in the water, who's getting shocked by an electric eel that's conveniently there. That's a good passive move, absolutely. I like that. You could turn into like a pelican or something, or one of those seabirds with a big beak and then just like steal a piece of their equipment. Birds are jerks. A bird would do that. They can't even think it's sabotage. It'd just be a bird. It's genius. Be a bird and steal stuff? 
Yes. Dream mission. Can I start now? Maybe not. We we gotta we gotta play it subtle. We can't have too many bad things happen at once, or they'll start to get too suspicious and too on guard. We need to just poke them a little bit here and there. Yeah, we could just try being friendly first. You could just try that, and if it doesn't, that too. <laughs> but backup plans are good. There's a really strong chance if we're like, hey, we're really nice. Don't try and find this lake monster, and they'll be like, no. We would need a really good reason to convince them not to find this lake monster. They probably have a grant or something. I never would have thought of befriending them. So that's what brainstorm sessions are good for, getting a whole bunch of opinions and takes on things. Who is going to do what? And then I will assign roles that you're going to have to make to do these things. Are we all going to go say hi and talk to people? Is that something we all can do? Well, (laughs) everyone but Damien (laughs) could do this. (laughs) I think the people who haven't talked to them yet should go and play nice and act like we don't know you guys. Well, they'll definitely know you're part of our party. Yeah, when you go back to the same tent at night. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think you should just be like, you should just be like, those guys have no idea what they're doing. We just want to learn about this monster. Now, the question is, you try and pass it off as that you're here on a family trip. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, because we all look so similar. <laughs> yeah. We're obviously one big happy family. Oh my god. Also, we're just like arguing in this tent. And each children. Far for the course. We all just came up here with Uncle Lonnie and all of our cousins. <laughs> old Uncle Lonnie. <laughs> so it sounds like Raven, Felicity, Hugo, you're going to go meet these researchers. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm down to go talk to them. What type of birds are in this area? There are probably some seagulls. It's the northern reaches of Canada. It's big alpine forests and evergreen trees and that sort of thing. So really, you could just look around and be like, I'm going to be that bird and be a little songbird or something. There's only one suitable option. The Canadian goose. Oh. (laughs) Yes. The only problem is that we will also have to deal with Damien as a Canadian goose. And that there will be no other Canadian geese around, which is odd. You might be. <laughs> you could be a loon. I think loons are more solitary than oh. Canadian geese. And they're on the I'm money. angry. That's true. I love a good loon. A loon sounds great. <laughs> but okay. if a goose is necessary, we have that as a backup. You never know what it will be necessary to become a goose. The <laughs> goose on the loose. Raven, Felicity, Hugo, you guys leave the rest of setting up camp to the other three. I assume Whitaker, you and Aiden probably work on getting a campfire going and maybe setting up a portable grill or something so that you can make food for everybody and maybe Sasquatch. But the three of you head down over to Moose Cabin. Pike is out on the porch still. Right now he's talking to the woman in the white lab coat. They just seem to be discussing something. She continues to gesture back at the speedboat that they're outfitting. They see you approaching and stop their conversation. Hey there, can I help you? Hi, how's it going? Well, it is almost dinner time. My friend and I were just discussing the last few things of business before we start to enjoy this lovely marina. It's Who are so you? nice. Um, we just came here, um, got over into that campsite right over there. Oh, so you're with the other research team then? We wanted to come and meet the neighbors. Right. Well, nice to meet you. My name's Aaron. Aaron Pike. Hi, Aaron. You, 
Wait, you guys are the researchers? The woman in the lab coat raises an eyebrow and is just like, <laughs> I'm going to go back to the boat. Raven's see... going to step forward and shake his hand uh, and introduce herself. Just okay. so she's not awkwardly sitting there silently. <laughs> she's worried they've offended someone, so she's going to try and cut the tension. <laughs> he seems fairly pleasant. He's just like, oh, yeah, well, good luck. If you're looking for the same thing, then hey, maybe we can take a picture at the end of it, right? No matter who gets there first. You're like good friends. Yeah. Alice has her heart set on naming the thing, so maybe talk to her if you have a name in mind already. Maybe Jordan. Do you know what she has in mind for names? Uh, It's some Latin. It's very scientific. Oh, that kind of name. I told her that if she could work Pike in there somewhere, I'd be really grateful, but that's not what I'm after. You guys are just trying to, like, see it? Well, if we can tag her, you know, we can study it, get some readings and things, and, and really just prove it exists. I mean, that's the, that's the big goal. Mm. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. I don't mean to be rude, but I'm very skeptical. That's odd, then, that you're part of a team that's here to find the creature. Are you just here to be a skeptic, then? I, I'm a cultural anthropologist. I'm more interested in the stories. I see. So you're kind of studying your group here. The, the group and then just everyone else in the area and such. Very good. Very good. Yeah. Have you talked to Gary? He's a character for sure. I don't think so. No. Yeah. Go say hi. Real friendly fellow. He can hook you up with a boat. I don't think you guys, I don't see you have one in the harbor yet. Not yet. No, that seems like maybe it's pretty necessary, actually. We should get a boat. Yeah. If you're going to look for a lake monster, probably you'll need some sort of water vehicle. How long yeah, have you guys been doing this? Um... Well, I don't mean to disparage I mean, your passion. It's our first I can, day here. Yeah, I, no, but so. I can tell you're like real excited and amped about this. You don't seem to have come prepared to find a sea creature. Yeah, we've been doing this for about, um, Raven, what time did we get here? <laughs> yeah, like I said, it's our, it's our first day here. We're still getting set up. Well, hey, a passion for marine biology, you know, you can start anytime, even if it's just on a vacation uh you get the sense that he 100 percent now believes you all to be a bunch of people here on vacation who heard about the serpent at the camp center and think like oh my gosh we're gonna be the ones that find it like you know like a bunch of eager tourists basically all according to plan so yes we'll keep it on the down low yeah you've kind of succeeded in throwing him off your real purpose for being here a little bit miss turner steps out and she says I'm about to set up the grill. Do you want to come give me a hand? And he says, yeah, sure. Just talking to the neighbors. All right, you guys take care. We're going to be heading out in the morning. So if we get a picture, I'll be sure to show it to you. And he goes inside with her. Goodbye. It was nice to meet you. Hugo, you just strike me as the kind that in a different game would have really high perception. You see (laughs) down by the boat, the woman in the white coat is now talking to a guy who's very lanky, but every bit of his body is lean muscle. He's got a tank top on, close shaved hair with a little bit of stubble. He's just leaning over the side of the boat and she seems to be talking up to him. And you've been talking to Mr. Pike, so you caught most of that conversation. But just out of the corner of your ear, you see this one guy and he shakes his head and you overhear him saying, Pike's going to get us killed on this one. And hops down back into the boat to, like, rummage around and and move things. Oh. (laughs) Hmm. (laughs) Okay. Um, I I relay that to everyone else, but... Oh. So you kind of point out the scientist is talking with this other dude in the boat. And specifically the fact that they had mentioned 
getting killed and that yeah. they believe this is going to be dangerous. Yikes. It sounds like the rest of his crew doesn't have the amount of faith in him that warrants his ego. That guy certainly seems to have some issues. Do you want to talk to him, Raven? Or is it late at night? No, no, it's not. It's like cresting sunset right now. And you said he's on the boat that they have? Yes, he's on their boat. You'd have to walk a little ways down the dock and past the scientist lady, too. Yeah, let's go. Let's just go say hi. What's the harm in that? So you walk over. You can see their boat is, gosh, Natalie should have done research about boats. (laughs) (laughs) It is a biology research vessel. It has a deck. There is a little cabin that you can go into that has like a windshield so that when they're speeding along or in a storm, they can still pilot it easily. There's some equipment either bolted down or secured to the deck that seems to be there for taking samples of the water or doing some sort of sonar or radio wave test to find things in the water. And it will comfortably carry uh, at least the five of them, probably could handle more people but the scientist sees you approaching. She doesn't look the most friendly or talkative, but she just waits for you to get there. And she says, so you talked to Mr. Pike? Yeah, had a nice chat. Uh, you probably heard where you're camping neighbors and just wanted to come say hi. It looks like you're doing some really cool stuff over here. We don't want to be too nosy. We just wanted to come meet our neighbors. Raven, could you manipulate someone? Oh boy. <laughs> Let's see how friendly you are and if you can get this scientist to lower our guard a little good thing i can use sharp instead of charm when i manipulate people that's a 10 all right so we're using this as sort of a, a straight friendly interaction role and when you start to say oh it looks like you're doing really cool stuff here i'm gonna say that because you've looked into monster hunting you know the names of some of the equipment on the boat that's used for searching for things underwater or picking up little samples of trace amounts of whatever enzyme or protein might be in the water. So you start to name things by their brand and her demeanor shifts. She starts to notice that you're noticing her equipment. She says, well, yes, actually, I've been working on this for quite a while. I think this is the best lead I've ever gotten to finding a creature like this. They've been spotted all over the world and it makes no sense that no one has ever found them before. Uh, So I'm, I'm really very grateful, actually, that I'm working with the renowned explorer Aaron Pike. I'm Alice. She'll shake her hands and introduce okay. herself. She starts to point at some of the instruments and tell you about her plan. We're going to try and use a sonar wave that I've developed to try and locate it. It bypasses the noise and interference that a lot of the vegetation on the bottom of the bay can cause, and she gets very, like, jargony with you a little bit. Oh yeah, Raven's absolutely eating it up. But playing mm-hmm. a little bit dumb, like she knows what something is, but she'll kind of be like, oh, and this is to do that and then like wait for her to correct her and be like oh wow that is so cool she's really really playing it up did you study marine biology i took a couple classes in college i never never did enough to get like a minor or anything it's always just kind of been like an interest of mine it's really i mean there's always work to be done in the field but discovering a new species it's been my dream since i was little it sounds like you have a lot of confidence have you like, and she's gonna lean in a little bit. Have you, have you seen the lake monster? Like, do you think you've actually seen it yourself? She. I just uh, want to point out real quick that I have fellow believer, and I don't know if this works if other people are around, but 
It says people understand you've also known strangeness. Bystanders will talk to you about weird things that they would not trust another hunter or mundane official to believe. So I don't know if she's okay. seen anything, but I'm hoping because it's me, she'll give me a little more information. Alice gestures for you to join her out to the end of the dock, and she points at this little part of the shore where the tide from the bay has carved out a little niche. There's no actual land underneath it, but she says, my family and I used to come here, and I I went and played down in that grotto. One time I, I stayed too long, and I knew I couldn't swim out the rest of the way, and I got really scared, and I just was stuck there as the tide came in, and then... I felt something grab my t-shirt and I thought for sure I'd gotten caught on a stick or something and was going to get dragged under. But then I was suddenly in the air and I landed up on that ridge and I heard a splash and and, and I I was safe. Anyway, yes, I'm pretty sure it's here. I've been coming back every once in a while trying to catch a sighting and I feel good about this time. She gestures back at the boat full of all the expensive equipment. That is amazing. Well, I, I won't take up any more of your time. You've been really kind to indulge just a, a casual fan. But good luck out there tomorrow. Thanks. Enjoy your vacation here. <laughs> Thanks. Haven, you should try to get on the boat with them tomorrow. <sighs> Maybe not tomorrow. She doesn't know them that well. Maybe um, she can stop by tomorrow morning before they go out. Felicity and Hugo, what are you guys doing in this moment as Raven's starting to, like, crack this scientist's defenses? And talking about a bunch of really boring stuff you guys And talk about a bunch of boring equipment about. jargon, yeah. I'm going back to the camp. <laughs> <laughs> we just were like, wow, boat! And turned around and left. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. That's a boat. Felicity's skipping away on the dock. Do you stick around, Hugo, or are you also taking off? Still close by, but not really paying attention. Okay. Do you want to try and talk to the guy who's, like, working on the the ship at all, or? Didn't he go back in, or, like, underneath the ship or something? He's just constantly going around the deck. He's either coiling a rope or a cable, or he is doing all the prep work so that they can just set out in the morning. He's cleaning down the windshield, making sure it's clear of bug splatter and things from going at high speeds, that sort of stuff. Sure. May as well. I'll ask to check with the boat specifically because this is what it's like to actually have real grant money, isn't it? Ah, so you use some of your museum pull. She calls up, Paul! And he pokes his head out from below deck. What? Show this museum curator around. Make sure he sees all the expensive stuff. Like, bragging a little bit. And he's like, all right, yeah. And climbs up on deck, helps you aboard. He, like, lowers a little extendable ladder. You're up on the deck, and you see Paul is just... He's got some cable that's, like, a little too short. God damn it! Ah! He's just, like, real frustrated trying to fight with this thing. Do you, do you need some help there? Hold this. And he hands you the thing. <laughs> and it's, like, tension. You gotta, like, uh, to keep from getting pulled back. And he goes over to where it's spun up on one of those turn cranks and just, like, kicks it, and it comes free. And he rushes back over, grabs it from you, and then clips it onto whatever he's trying to attach it to. And he turns around. Thanks. That thing's been rusty for a while. I really gotta oil it up. God, there's so much to do on this boat. He's griping about it the way, like, someone would gripe about a car they've had for forever, but will refuse to ever sell. Why don't you just do it? Or get it fixed or something like that? Do you see anybody else helping me with this boat? I do everything myself. Pike never lends a hand. He's, I'm playing the mission. He's like, you know, griping about his boss, too. Are you sure you have enough people with you? 
<sighs> yes. Honestly, I wouldn't trust anybody to do my job anyway, so... That's what comes with being a specialist, I guess. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a perfectionist. I like doing things my way. God, it's just such a pain hooking up all this stuff. This new scientist he's got with us. You see, Alice is going below decks at this point, and she gives him, like, a dirty look, and he's like, Expert! Expert ward! I'm sure it's all for a good reason. Well, if we get a picture of this thing, it'll make me frickin' rich. Ah, so you're less about the exploration, more about just the money. Money pays bills, man. What am I going to do with research? Can't eat it. You're not wrong. You see now that you're up close to this guy, he's got a lot of scars on his body. Some of them look like burn scars. Some of them look like old bites or things like that. This guy's been through heck and probably with Aaron Pike. (laughs) I'm going to assume that it'd probably be foolish for me to say, but your boat's probably gone through a lot of stuff, hasn't it? She's an old crate, but I keep her floating. I have to head out. I'm going to ask you about some of those stories sometime. I've got stories, man, but don't eat beforehand. They turn your stomach. Huh, that sounds like a challenge. He points at one particularly gnarly scar he's got going up his forearm. I'll tell you about the time I had to reach into the engine when it was on fire. Okay, I look forward to hearing that. And Hugo's just going to make his way slowly off the boat, trying to remember as much detail of equipment that he's seen. The three major things they've got, they have a little viewfinder that will drop beneath the boat so they can just look in the water beneath the boat directly. They have this sonar equipment that they're going to try and use to basically echolocate to see if they can find things in the water. They have a thing for taking samples of the water to try and pick up proteins, enzymes, any sort of thing that they could then take back to a lab or do on the boat to check for an elevated level of some chemical that might indicate a presence of something out of the ordinary. Hugo, just roll uh, with your sharp. Ha, ha, six. Six. Okay, that's what you see. The expensive equipment that Alice got from her grant. As you're heading back from the dock, Felicity, you probably would have run into him first. Robert Cook is heading down. He's got a big cooler that he's carrying. He's actually got it like over one arm. He's like that wide-shouldered that he can do that. And he just gives you like a gruff afternoon and is headed his way towards the boat. I wanted to ask this when we started. Are there other spirits here? Can I see other spirits other than Ghosty and Tom? Oh, like out and about in the campsite? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You see a robin land in a tree, and then right next to it, the robin doesn't seem to notice, but another bird that looks basically like a bigger robin, but it's all blue instead of black, and, and it has like the big bright orange stomach, and it's got a quail crest on its head and a longer tail that also comes down in like pheasant shapes. And it's got these bright blue eyes that glow a little bit. And it's just, you know, a bird spirit looking around. Felicity Um, is waving at every single spirit that she sees on the way back to the campsite. As you're going, you almost trip over it. There's like a, a beaver spirit that's got sticks all in its back. And it's got a big stick in its mouth waddling along, hustles a little to get out of your way and then goes down to the beach and closes in the water. It makes that sound that, like, if you're ever around a body of water like that, where you often will just hear, like, bloof, and you're like, yeah. was that a frog? Was it a turtle? I don't know, like, but you it do. Was you're I know. It was this beaver spirit. Yeah, the spirits, they're just the fauna that live here, aside from other normal animals that you see. There's some crab spirits on the beach that are just picking up rocks, chewing on them, putting them back down. <laughs> <laughs> I love them. <laughs> 
It's actually, honestly, probably this reminds you a lot of the camping trips you used to take with your, you know, with your mom, which is sort of bittersweet, knowing that you just had your awkward interaction with her before you left. Yeah, yeah, she's gonna, she's gonna file that memory away and just keep going on her happy way. <laughs> Push it down. It comes up a little bit, and she's like, nope. <laughs> Follows yep. it, goes back down. <laughs> new memories, new friends, it's fine. Yep, that's in the past. Don't have to worry about it right now. <laughs> <laughs> Did you do anything else on your way back to camp, or are you just waiting around for Raven and Hugo to finish up? Uh, no, I'm going to leave it to the people who are good at talking to people to finish up. Is the boat's engine the type where it is separate, attached to the back of the boat, or is it one of the engines that is underneath it's not like an outboard motor it's actually part of the boat's structure and then there are propellers and things under the water line it's a big enough boat that an offboard wouldn't be enough to move it uh damien is going to go under the water as a loon and grab bits of seaweed to sort of so you're gonna try and make a little seaweed tangle around the propellers yes I think it might just be a stat roll. So go ahead and roll your roll your sharp, I guess. This is sort of a clever thing you're trying to do. Nine. Not quite a success, but something. Yeah, I mean, you are a loon, which are like not that much bigger than ducks, I don't think. So you can only do so much, and it's kelp. But you jam some of that in there and try and gum up their boat a little bit. We'll see what that does a little later on. Do you do anything else in your waterfowl form? Uh, then just keep an eye out, see if there's anything suspicious, or if one of them likes to spend time alone. That will definitely be investigate a mystery then. Uh, a five? A yeah, so you do your loon thing, you put a bunch of seaweed under their boat, and by the time you're done with that, you pop up from underwater, because like Damien doesn't need to come up for air but when you pop up it's already like dark out you spend a little too long messing with their boat and so you pop up like i'm gonna spy on them now and they've like all left the boat to go eat at the cabin they've rented you can mark experience <laughs> uh what are we gonna say felicity last time we played i have this written down on my character sheet mm -hmm. um i had rolled for my vision ah uh, yes and i got a six and right. you said, we will deal with that next time. <laughs> did I give you a vision last time or no? No. I did not. Okay. Great. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. I just love putting myself in danger. <laughs> Here's the uh, reminder. <laughs> <laughs> so as you are admiring all the nature spirits and wave to the beaver and the crabs and the bird and everything, you push down that feeling of nostalgia and remembering times you came with your mom on trips and as you push that feeling away what replaces it is one of your visions again it's a mixed cloudy kind of thing because you failed the roll so all you get is the feeling of water spray hitting your face you hear a large splash like something falling in the water and you hear aiden's voice i can't find him and great great so she's gonna stop and oh oh, oh god it's a bad one again mm -hmm. all right and walk a little slower back to the camp you definitely lose all the pep that was in your step and you start to like walk yep. back you hear a voice behind you waiter can i help you and Hello. you see that 
you see a guy with a big beard and mustache and like a hat pulled down over his big bushy eyebrows wearing a big thick red plaid sweatshirt coat uh, with two big work gloves and big boots kind of hunched over he's carrying actually a kayak on one shoulder like he's got his hand up in the handle <laughs> area are you with that new group coming in yeah you sound like this guy i met this one time oh really well don't get that much up here people tend to say i'm pretty unique yeah well i would say he was pretty unique so that's i'm not disagreeing with that one i'm oh, listening well, where are my manners gary gary Overn. gary it's so nice to oh wait the scientist told me about gary oh did he well hope it was something nice yeah, he said you had boats. I do. And he points at the one he's carrying. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're right. going to do some boating while you're here visiting us at the Echo Bay Marina. Yeah. Yep. We are. We are definitely. Now, side note. Did the group that had gone to visit him before, did they tell me that Gary was Bigfoot? Oh, yeah. Of course. Okay. okay. I, I wouldn't I was, leave I was, that <laughs> out. I wasn't sure if it was like, guys, we met Bigfoot, or guys, Gary is Bigfoot. <laughs> no, they definitely would have name dropped him. Okay. Um, my friends my friends told me a little bit about you too. We're definitely going boating. Wink wink. We're gonna be out on the lake. Wink wink. We're gonna be exploring. Well, I was just gonna scrub this down so it's clean for the next people who rent it, actually. But, uh, and he looks around and then, like, very quietly says, uh, I wish you the best of luck out there, miss. I certainly hope you manage to keep our good friend hidden. And he winks at you. And I'm gonna lean over back to him and say, I know, I know who you are, and it's the coolest thing ever. You see, he kind of, like, you say that, and, and there's, like, a twinkle in his eye, but he also scratches his big nose with his, like, gloved hand. Whoa, well, that's a bunch of stuff and nonsense. I mean, I'm just old Gary, and he, like, kind of awkwardly, like, moves along. Like, you get he's a little, not embarrassed, but just, like, you know, flattered <laughs> that you think it's cool that you met him. <laughs> it was an honor to meet you, Sir Gary. Oh, and, and to you, yes, of course. Please Always come a pleasure. by sometime. Oh, Gary! One more thing. Yeah. Are you a vegetarian? You know, I'm not opposed to uh, a vegetarian uh, entree, as they say, but uh, I mean, my family eats fish and game and, you know, all sorts of things. Oh, good. Okay, because we wanted to cook you dinner, but, you know, we didn't want to, like, offend you or anything. Oh, no, that's like... all right. No, okay. I'll be eating back home. You, you eat the stuff you brought. I wouldn't want to, you know, eat up all your vittles and that sort of thing. All right. Well, if you ever want to, like, come by maybe for, like, a drink or something, that would be super cool. Absolutely. I'll tell you what. I will head down to your campsite before I lock up at the office for the day. <gasps> I will tell everybody. They will be so excited, Gary. You have no idea. I'm All happy right. to be a source of joy. Cool. I've completely forgotten that I was sad, so I'm going to run back to the campsite <laughs> now. I love it. You head back to the campsite. Or rather, I guess Raven and Hugo, you probably catch up to her at this point, chatting with Gary. Guys, that's him. Who? That's Gary. That's oh, you see him, oh, like, him. moving along here in this kayak. He's a lot shorter than I expected. Is that, is that mean? I was just expecting someone so much taller. Was he nice? He's cool? He was so cool. 
I invited him over for drinks. Yeah, we talked about that. Tonight? I guess so. Okay, cool. I'm going to tell them about my vision. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Suddenly remember my vision and I, I, I tell him what happened in it. Yep, another bad one. We'll see who him is, I guess. Well, that worries me. Yep. There's like a little less than half the group that that could be. Actually, exactly half the group that that could be. Not the biggest fan of that one. Better not be Damien again. I don't know if I could bring him back a second time. But you want to know something? Man, oh man, do I have the biggest feeling that it is Damien. But Damien doesn't... Damien doesn't breathe air, right? So if he fell into the water, he'd be okay. I feel like Damien's one we need to worry about the least in terms of water safety. Oh god, what if it's Gary? Oh no. Oh my god. What if we lose Gary? No, I, I'm, I'm sure he'll be fine. He, he can probably handle himself in the water and such. Yeah, he's been here forever. I'm sure he's fine. Well, let's get back to the site. He said he'll be coming by before he locks up. So we gotta get ready. We gotta eat dinner. We gotta get a fire going. Yeah, we do. What do you think Whitaker and Aiden have been doing? Yeah, they're hard at work. They're they're (laughs) trying to get a fire going. Let's be real. That's exactly what I was picturing. She looks over at them struggling and like, I thought you were going to start a fire an hour ago. Why are you still kneeling on the ground with all these sticks? Brought two kerosene tanks to the grill and they're both empty. I thought they were full. They felt full when I left. I thought you checked them. I thought they were full. I shook them around. It sounded like there was something in them, but I put them in and nothing happened. So now we're making an old-fashioned fire. Aiden's got her phone out. She's like, actually, yeah, if it sounds like there's something, that means there's like room for it to move around, and that's not what you want. How do you internet out. service out here? Raven just points to the solar-powered exactly. like, gadget yeah. Oh, I thought it was like a cool angel thing. Oh, well, her <laughs> phone isn't angelic. <laughs> I don't know. It's just a Wi-Fi Heaven phone. We're on 8G. <laughs> your signal always gets stronger the closer you're standing to Aiden. Do a little prayer and it blesses it. And you got free Wi-Fi forever. God bless my Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord, thou art in heaven. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, she, she's like standing next to Raven's like portable hotspot thing and <laughs> doing a quick search. Guys, yeah. I brought like lighters and stuff. You can just light a fire normally. You don't have to you do like, see, the like stick rubbing yeah, thing. No, you see like two boxes of crummy casino paper matches that Whitaker probably had, but like <laughs> he never tested or anything. They're <laughs> just all on the ground. Some are half done. Some the the like friction fuel is just like completely worn away, but it never took. So I admit it's actually been a really long time since I've had to do my own fire in any outdoor situation. Raven, it really does pain me to admit that, and I hope you realize how um how honest and open I'm being in this situation. Why didn't you just ask Damien for a lighter? Damien's, Damien's been looning about. We haven't seen him for a while. Raven's just gonna quietly hand Whitaker one of those. Is like a stovetop lighter, one of the ones with like the long piece, and you like click it. She's yeah. just gonna hand one to him. <laughs> it's okay. I bring these Thank for a you. reason. While Whitaker is having his ego comforted a little bit, Aiden helps you set up a fire, Raven. What did you find out? They have a lot of very expensive, very cool equipment. I found out that the scientist, I asked her if she had ever seen the lake monster. 
um, apparently she encountered her, the lake monster, uh, when she was a little kid. So she is 100% determined and absolutely sure that there's something out there and she's going to find it. Yeah, that's hard to shake. Yeah, it's personal. And from the story she told me, I mean, I believe her. I, I know, obviously, that there really is a lake monster in there. She was like caught in this little area when the tide was coming in and something grabbed the back of her t-shirt and flung her up onto dry ground. I thought she was going to tell me that something like pulled her back to shore and we could have said it was like a dolphin or something, but like it flung her up into safety. Come on. Yet at the same time, mm. the gentleman who's in charge of their ship is not very hopeful for what they're going to go through. Mm. Thinks it's dangerous. Ooh. All right. So are you thinking some sort of intra-party strife happening here? Maybe. I, I am not a social mastermind, if you will. All right. So it sounds like we got a collection of people, each with sort of their own motivations here. Not everyone is coming at this from the same angle. What's the deal on Pike? Anyone got uh, his read on the situation? All I know is he's very confident, very friendly, not like a jerk, just very confident in his team and their abilities. If Whitaker Googles Aaron Pike, does anything come up? Yes. You see a lot of... They're not like big game hunting articles. They're more along the lines of like, Pike's expedition team charted an unprecedented pathway through this icy waterway to reach such and such destination and discovered whatever, you know, and then another one where it's like, after spending 12 days alone in the Amazon, research extraordinaire Aaron Pike discovered a new species of constrictor snake along with his newfound beau, Beverly Turner. He, he is like the epitome of an adventuring scientist, kind of an Indiana Jones sort, but for like undiscovered animals and, and things like that. In a lot of the pictures, it shows him and the team. It actually shows the team growing over the last few years. If you do like a deep enough dive, Cook's been with him for a long time. And then after that stint in like the Southern American hemisphere, he seems to have picked up Beverly Turner, more spotty, but Pretty regularly since the start of his career, Paul Richards has been there every now and again and standing there with the crew. Always looks upset and like often has bandages or something wrong with him in the photos. (laughs) Uh, Oh, oh, the story this weaves. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And most recently, you see that he was part of an expedition just cataloging and charting humpbacks and their migration routes with Alice Ward as the newest Mm. addition to the, the pike research team all right so this guy's pretty legit yeah like, no, he's, way he's more very, legit than i was expecting he's a, he's a very accomplished research explorer and you figure that might have played into how much money and effort alice was able to gather with her grant and because again she's relatively new in the field like if you try and find her she's written a few different articles but the whale thing was like her first big gig and this seems to be Maybe the next thing she's moved on to since then. So, is there are there any articles about any failed explorations and what would have caused this man to stop any investigation? Would would that require a role? I feel like that's pretty specific. Yeah, I think you might have to tap some agency resources to do that. So, why don't you go ahead and roll investigate a mystery, and we'll see how you do. Would love to. All right, plus sharp. That's a ten, baby. A ten. You access the agency's 
records to see if his name pops up at all. He has interacted with the agency once before. Not that he would know that he had, but that the agency has had him on their radar already. There was an incident where the Ramos twins ran into a Mr. Pike while they were investigating a nest of fire salamanders. In the report, it says bystanders dealt with and Aaron Pike is there along with Cook and Richards. Right, all right. Interesting. And you would imagine that he probably has had other expeditions of a non-supernatural kind that maybe didn't go well, but why would he publish an article or get featured about those sorts of things, you know? Like that right, would, yeah. That wouldn't really sense. go on record anywhere. It would just be like, yeah, we lost the grant money and like failed. It, you know, it sucked. Like they wouldn't tout that. Or, like, sure. I was wondering if like there was any like, because like I can imagine they would stop if someone died but we don't want it to come to that. And I imagine that is something that would make headlines. But if there's anything else that would have been like any other reason they would stop, grant money running out seems like as good an idea as any. There's no connection between him and like missing persons cases or any kind of foul play on a on a research thing. Like He's, li- he's above board, you know, he's not. Yeah, like he he's clearly has a a penchant for adventure and traveling and seeing the world and exploring different biomes and and looking into different types of animals, that sort of thing. But he doesn't seem to be malicious in his intent to do that. He clearly enjoys the fame because he's always in these very heroic poses with whatever he's found or like with his team and stuff afterwards. Like he's not- He's the kind of guy who like on his Tinder profile has him holding up a really big fish. Yeah, except it's like him and like a baby tiger from like a preserve that he helped found or something like that. You know, yeah, it's that sort of thing. Oh boy. So I sound pretty determined, which brings me to my other plan. If they're looking to find something- Maybe we do got to give them something to find that leads them away from here. All of my plans come back to Damien transforming into something crazy <laughs> and leading them away from, from this hot spot. And I love that as an emergency backup plan. If they start getting too close and we know it, then maybe we can have Damien slip into the water and look, it's over there. You know, because then as soon as they get close to him, he can just turn into a fish and then he's gone and then they've been completely thrown off the trail. I think that's a great plan. As soon as possible, we need to figure out what they think the thing looks like, how big they think it is, whether they think it's a mammal or a fish or whatever. So we know what they think they're looking for and we can give them Mm -hmm. a little of that to lead them in the wrong direction. It's just another idea on the table. I still think sabotage isn't a bad one because it means hurting equipment and not hurting people. And uh, that they have money, they have funding, they have good equipment. I don't know what we can really do, if anything. That's a good point because anything we do has to be very subtle. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think I'm going to be using any of my powers really this time around because if they see that, then the game is blown and. If there's obvious damage done to their thing... And then they're just calling the police at that point. Right, then we get arrested for vandalism. Yeah, that's a good point. I agree. It's going to have to be subtle. We can't ruin their machinery. We just have to tamper with it so that they don't notice that like the calibration is off or like the, the sonar is on the wrong frequency. Just little things that even if it slows them down enough, you know? And even if we do break it and make it look like an accident... They can probably just order another one. I like the idea of tricking it. 
Yeah. If we can figure out how to trick the equipment, then that will give them a false trail or maybe discourage them. Yeah. What if we can get our hands they on it. Again? They have the sonar, the sample taking equipment, the periscope that lets them just literally view underwater on a camera. And you also recall seeing that Pike was polishing some sort of tranquilizer gun when you first met him. Ooh, that's fun. So that they could catch a thing, tag it, and then... So from what we've gathered from talking to him and from Whitaker looking up these articles, he doesn't seem to have any intention to kill any of these things that he finds. All the pictures of him holding stuff up, like it's still alive. And like he told us, he just wants to tag the lake monster. Like he... yeah. It's not necessarily malicious. Right. I just wanted to double check. I, I keep feeling like this guy has a secret shotgun somewhere and he's just going to shoot it. So, Do you want to read a bad situation? <laughs> I would love to because there's something about this dude that I don't trust. That was not a good roll. It's a seven. It's well, not a great roll. You get one question. Are there any dangers we haven't noticed? Did you go on the boat at all, Raven? If the scientist whose name keeps escaping me was showing me the equipment up close, then yes. I don't think we specifically said it, but if she was like pointing things out really closely, I think we would have gotten on the boat. We were like becoming friendly. So I probably did step on the boat so she could show me. I will say your help here comes in the form of Hugo suddenly having a realization. Hugo, when you were up on the boat and I made you roll, the thing you didn't quite catch then, but you're putting it together now as Raven raises this concern is that there were cases lashed to different areas of the boat that looked like they could hold higher-end weaponry. Oh, Like a sniper rifle or some sort of harpoon gun or something that they could assemble. They're weapon cases like the kind you're familiar with because you also have a rifle like that. They were locked up. They weren't, like, flaunting them or anything, but they might have stuff like that in their inventory. If things go bad, they are prepared to deal with things going bad. Correct. How bad do they expect things to get? It's a big fish. Sea monster, they don't know. I thought I was trigger happy. I keep getting very strong, like, Jaws vibes. The the boat guy definitely reminds me of one of the characters. I'm just, I do not trust them. I'm very afraid they're going to try and shoot the sea monster. They're just going to get too trigger happy and try and hurt her. I don't like it. So the good news is, if they're using sonar probably using a pretty narrow beam on the sonar because they're looking in deep water and looking for a specific object and not just the general arches of where fish might be going. If they're using a narrow beam, it means they have, a, they have to take longer to scan it because they're not scanning as wide of an area. So it means we got some time. Of course, the way sonar works, because everyone knows this, is it detects how hard things are. It detects how deep things are and also how hard an object is. Right, if you get a stronger sonar signal coming back, it means it hits something super reflective and super, super hard. If you get a weaker one, it means it hits something soft like vegetation or mud or something like that. And they're probably looking for a middle ground, something, whatever the surface of a fish is. So if we could really give them something fish. like that to follow. It also could register sounds that the creature makes. I was, I was wondering that too, if they're listening to see if the creature is making any noises in the water. This doesn't sound travel further in water. I think you can, like, hear things much better. So, yeah, they're probably listening for the creature in case it's making some kind of unique noise that's not like any of the other creatures in the water. Also, before I forget, Whitaker, do you know how to swim? Of course I know how to swim. Okay. Do you know how... Does anybody here not know how to swim is a good question. Hugo raises his hand. 
Oh, Hugo, God. you are not going on the boat. <laughs> no. Can you just put a life jacket on, like, now, and then just don't take it off till we leave? I'd rather not go anywhere near the water. Okay, good. Personally. I'm sorry, Hugo. I wish I, I wish I could have known that before I signed us up for the water mission. Well, I'm so sorry. I, I, I totally didn't think of that. I was it's, um, it's less a bit short sight of me. It's more, um, did Felicity share the rest of the information with everyone else yet? Well, that's a good question. Uh, yeah, she probably she, like told you guys like yeah, I've shared I've shared everything. That is concerning. Yeah, we well, just gotta rule out all possibilities of who that person could be. So we just gotta be extra safe. I personally Hugo? hate the water, but I was forced to take swimming lessons as a child, <laughs> so I know how to swim. I just don't want to. We should all wear life vests. I mean, that's just safety. That's yeah, exactly. One hundred and one, really. Hugo, you're doing land Everyone recon. You, you let us know if anything on land happens. Got it. That's a good question, though. Are we going to rent a boat and follow them? Oh, we can't be too obvious about it. We'd have to get, like, a recreational boat and try to follow them but make it seem like an accident. I don't know what following them is going to do because we can't really tamper with any of their stuff from a distance unless we're following really close behind. I think if we rent a boat, it's to find the, find the dang thing ourselves. I feel like any sort of sabotage is, is either going to happen from their boat if we get one of you to hop along or if we get Damien underwater pretending to be a big sea monster. Also, I think their boat's a lot faster than anything Gary's oh, yeah. got. But if we could at least be on the water... And keeping an eye out, for sure, just for in sure. case, you know, they start screaming and shooting at the water or something, then we'll know to deploy Damien as the distraction. I can try to get on their boat. Me and that scientist, God, I'm bad with names. She was really nice and she was really cool with me looking at all the equipment and we were chatting about it a bunch. And then she opened up about her childhood story. So like, maybe I have an in, but also I'm a complete stranger. And not I, a scientist. And also very afraid of the water. I think you should go for it. I'll try. I will, I will do my best. Just be, like, you gotta come back to them and just be really earnest. Like, God, I really want to see what you're up to. Also really passionate about cryptozoology. Or, well, they probably don't call it that because they don't think it's a cryptid. Uh, so yeah, you gotta sound like you know what you're talking about. If you want me to go with you, then if anything bad happens, we could just... We could pop out of there. That's true. We'd have to make it look like we jumped ship and swam. Oh, it would be an absolute emergency thing, but just as a backup. Yeah, Raven, I wouldn't want you going in there alone. That's true. I would really appreciate someone there with me. Especially if you're not a fan of water. Mm -hmm. But if you got Aiden in there with you, that's pretty good. I could come along. I'd like to get to know them a bit better, too, at some point. We should go see them tonight. Tonight? Well, they're going to go out tomorrow morning, they said. That's true. Probably early. They're scientists, after all. Yeah, you could go ask if they bit. have any propane or whatever we're out of, because you were in charge of the grill. He's pretty good. And okay. like um, offer to like buy some off of them, like or exchange something. Uh, yeah, no, I'm gonna bring an offering of um, a bottle of whiskey. Or whiskey? Something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you um, could also yeah. play up the angle that you know maybe you got off on the wrong foot, but you you do oh, have yeah. some experience. I'm sure you. Could talk about something with them yeah no absolutely that's pretty good i'm trying to think of the angle i want to go for we can let you emery think of an angle you want to go on does anyone else do anything or is there anything else we want to discuss before we say that Whitaker goes to talk to them and in the morning the plan is to go try and get aiden and raven on the boat 
Only I will if there are skunks about. <laughs> yeah, Damien, go ahead and roll. Uh, uh, God. Manipulate someone to manipulate the skunks. Damien, would you act under pressure if you're going to go skunk hunting? <laughs> <laughs> Damien, would you be so kind as to get funky? <laughs> yeah, it's funkin' time. It is nuts. That is a three. There are no skunks for me. Oh no, there are skunks for you, David. <laughs> <laughs> After your kelp masterpiece in the water, you fly away as a loon, turn into like goop in the air, slop down in the middle of the forest and start trying to find a skunk. It's dark, you stumble around, and then you manage to find a skunk. And you don't enjoy it. <laughs> Yeah, can Damien at least use that to his advantage and just hang out by their cabin so that there's the cloying smell of skunk around them? (laughs) You could, I guess. (laughs) Because Damien does have the forethought to not get sprayed by a skunk and then go right back to his own campsite with his friends. So after having a bad run-in with the skunk, Damien, what do you do? You like go sit in their garbage can or like? Yeah, just raccoon around in their garbage. <laughs> okay. Pretty. I'm also trying to figure out like, what is Damien wanting in all these situations? Where is his <laughs> motivation life. coming from? If we go back to his like core belief of I need whatever someone else has. I think you want to go camping because everyone is camping, but you make the kind choice of not camping with your friends because you've been hit by a skunk. Damien trying to rub the scent of skunk all over their cabin and their stuff. Just like when you get something gross in your hand, you're just like, oh, let me just wipe this off. I love the idea that you do that thing you said before that you enjoy where you just flatten out as much as possible, but you like flatten out against the wall of the cabin and then just slowly scrape yourself along it. And then get up on the roof with the asphalt shingles and scrape yourself along that too. Just like a slowly moving moss that goes up the whole building. (laughs) Yes, please. All right. Agent Whitaker, you let everyone else see about cooking up dinner for your group, but you go over to Pike's cabin. What's your plan? Bottle of whiskey. Nice whiskey. uh, Man of taste. Of course. What's the scene as we're coming up? Smells bad, obviously. It smells like skunk, but it also smells like barbecue is happening in the back. All right. um, You do hear a lot of complaining and groaning like oh god damn it there's a skunk out there somewhere you see you see richards out like amongst the trash like kicking barrels and like moving things like where are you you little bastard i'm gonna skin you i'm gonna throw you in the lake and he's just like losing his shit uh hey hey man it's um it's actually probably already already run off by now ah um, what oh, oh it's sorry <laughs> don't don't mind me yeah i got a bit of a skunk problem yeah man it sucks he takes like a lit cigarette from behind his ear and <laughs> Finishing it. Uh, yeah, I, I came by, um, we ran out of kerosene for our little grill, and we've got a little fire set up, but that's gonna be a real bother if we're trying to make something on our grill. I was curious, uh, if you got an extra, um, tank line around, we'd only need, you know, a tiny bit of it. You see, he looks up and down, you're in your Whitaker camping outfit, right? Yeah, Patagonia <laughs> vest. With the, uh, the flannel underneath, and he's like, <sighs> yeah, and he calls back, says, Beverly! The neighbors need some fuel for their grill. You got any extra? Oh, and, and she, I also, um, 
he he holds up the bottle. I brought like peace offering. I don't know if you guys are if you guys drink at all, but you know, just thought I'd offer. I'm bringing him around back, and he holds his hand out to take the whiskey from you. Hell yeah! All right. So all right, Richards will take on. you around again on the back of the cabin. There is a little porch where they have a a gas grill that they've set up. Cook is already munching on a burger or whatever with a paper plate underneath. Pike and Turner are there at the grill, just flipping things and working together to make a fun little camping feast for their group. Uh, Alice is actually in the cabin still. She's on her laptop writing up a report or maybe getting notes ready for tomorrow. And Pike turns around and says, Hey, uh, Whitaker, what can we do for you? Uh, well, I came over to get to borrow a bit of gas for our grill, but um, in all honesty, I wanted to just come by and talk again if, uh, well, obviously I don't want to step in on your dinner or anything, but... Chicken or burger? <laughs> Thanks, man. Uh, burger would be great, but it's really no trouble. Beverly brings you a plate, you know, just a little hamburger with a bun. She's like, there's ketchup over there in the near the fire pit. You see Cook is sitting in like a lawn chair that's part of the campground furniture, and he like holds it up, kind of shakes it at you. That's real decent of you. I, I, thank you. And I also just want to... Um, I mean, I, I definitely introduced us as rival biologists, but I think it's pretty obvious that we're not the experts here, and uh, I just wanted to wish you luck. Hey, man, there's no shame in having a hobby. That's perfectly fine. I mean, we're not offended. I'm not anybody offended. You see Richards has poured himself like a fifth. <laughs> like, hands the bottle over to someone else. He's like, I'm not fucking offended anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, f- for what it's worth, I'm not, I'm not as big as an enthusiast, but I've got a few in my group who are really enthusiastic about this kind of stuff. So if you have the patience for them, they'd love to hear more about what you guys are doing. And uh, uh, I'm sorry I didn't recognize the name earlier, but you're the Aaron Pike, aren't you? As far as I know, and he's also getting a glass of the whiskey from Richards, and he uh, makes sure that there's like one port for you, hands you that glass and says... Well, you know, I, I love my work, and I, I think I do it well. <laughs> he, like, cheerses you to that. Absolutely. Um, Alice yeah, my- comes out from inside. She's got her laptop folded up, and she says, we should be good to go for tomorrow. Hello again, as she's taking food from Beverly, who's serving everybody. You, uh, you're with Raven. Oh, you met, you met Miss Eugenia. Yeah, she's, uh, she's very excited to hear about what you all have been working on. Big fan. Yeah, we talked a little bit over on the docks. Yeah, she was... Um, I don't want to impose, but I know she'd never ask, but she's actually kind of dying to um, get a closer look at some of the stuff on that boat and uh, see what you all are working on. Obviously, I'd, uh, she would never get in your way and she'd never ask herself, but um, she's incredibly curious about the whole process. And Alice kind of looks over at Pike and he says, she ever been on the water before? Oh yeah, loads of times. All right, why don't you manipulate someone, Whitaker? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Uh, all right. This is the game. I mean, <laughs> no, no, no. It, this is the game, and this—it's oh, still bad. Uh, <laughs> I keep thinking every time I go back to it, the number will have gone up. I want to say that Raven's probably <gasps> been on a boat exactly once ever, and she's How probably like seasick the whole time. How we do? The big one zero, baby. It's the <gasps> big one zero. Even with that minus one. Wow. They'll do it for the reasons you gave them. Yeah, uh, Alice gives like a, not suspicious, but sort of a thoughtful look over at Pike. And she says, I could use some more experienced hands taking samples, that sort of thing. He nods and says, well, if she's up by 5.30, have her come down and join us. 
5.30. Understood. Yeah. We got to get out there before the tourist crowd. Oh, of course. Uh, apart from us, obviously. Are there any other tourists out here? I wasn't sure which cabins were filled. Oh, yeah, no. There, there's other families, like, up here for recreation. Like, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. standard vacation stuff. Yeah, you would have seen that as you as you pulled into the camp. All right. Cool, um, cool, 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 cool. It's not, like, an overly crowded spot, but yeah. enough so that it's not just you and this team of people. All right. Um, well, that is fantastic. Uh, I thank you so much. Thank you. And they, they hold up the bottle. Yeah. <laughs> and, they, and actually, Beverly, like, undoes their tank. Once, like, she's given everyone their food and closes the grill, she's like, you can use the rest of it. That is fantastic. Thank you. And um, Mr. Pike, my dad's actually a huge fan of yours. Your work in, uh, in the Amazon specifically really got him into uh, a lot more outdoorsy stuff. He's a park ranger now. So, uh, wow. yeah. Well, you know, we're always looking to inspire a real sense of ownership for the planet because we've only got the one, so. Yeah, no, he, he's all over that stuff. He's all over it. It's a, a real, real honor to meet you, honestly. And uh, I'll probably be heading back now, but excited to hear about what you all come up with. All right. Yeah, like I said, 5.30, we're going to be loading up. So send your little oceanologist down and we'll get her outfitted. I think that's all I had to do. Is there anything else I should ask while I'm here? Should you check if it's okay that Raven brings someone? Ooh. Either There's Aiden that. or Whitaker? Yeah. Uh, how many people can fit on your boat? I think Raven might be bringing her, um, her friend along. They're kind of inseparable, honestly. Richards has, like, gone for a second hit of the whiskey. <laughs> Says, uh, I mean, she won't sink with ten of us, so whoever. I don't care. Nice. Nice. Pike nods as he's more carefully sipping his drink, and, and he says... I mean, I understand if you want parental supervision or something like that or whatever. Like, that's that's totally fine. You could come along if you want. That is excellent. Just want to make sure she doesn't get too in your way or anything. Have a great night. Take it easy. And you see they enjoy your gift. You get some propane to cook with tonight. And you start heading back to the campsite. And as you leave, you do see Damien just sliming up the roof <laughs> as a flat slime. <laughs> You're doing great work, Agent. You're doing great work. <laughs> What kind of work would that be? <laughs> oh, uh, oh, sorry there, didn't we, that scary you none? God, you move silently. <laughs> well, you know, when you got big feet, you sort of just don't make a lot of sound if you know how to step. It's so unintuitive, you'd never expect the logic to work that way. <laughs> oh, you gotta, re- you gotta practice at it. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, we got um, one of our agents maybe sabotaging. It's, it's honestly a little hard to say at this point. He's got very unorthodox methods. He does seem to get more work done than literally any of us. So it seems to be working so far. Oh, good. I was just about to head over to your camp. Your uh, lovely friend there, Felicity, said you might be having some refreshments. Yeah, absolutely. We got, um, I think we've got some burgers about to be cooked up and s'mores. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, I like a good s'more. Yeah, it's uh, great of you to join us. So you and Gary head back over to camp. Davian, you're free to, like, show up at some point once you've cleaned yourself off a little bit. So at some point, you do see Damien pull out a can and a can opener Mm -hmm. and start cranking and be like, please be tomato, please be tomato, please be tomato. (sighs) Chowder. Gets out another can. Please be tomato, please be tomato, please be tomato. tomato. (sighs) Chicken soup. Another oh, please be tomato. Please be tomato. Please oh be tomato. Yeah, okay. And, I love that. Until he finally gets to a few different types of canned tomato products that he's taking. Until over he gets the to tomato, and then he just <laughs> goops into the tomato cans. Wow. 
Wow, that oh is God. brilliant. Uh, All these wow. discarded cans, though. This there's gonna be some bears around this cabin tonight. Is Those he gonna bring the cans there. back so we can eat them, or are they like unspeakably old? I don't think it matters. I think him being Damien, he just like opens <laughs> it, dumps it on himself, and it's not the right thing, so he just oh keeps my going. God. <laughs> Oh yeah, he oh, just <laughs> immediately just, dump it before checking, right. and then be like, "Wrong one." The most savory of lime jellos now. <laughs> oh. You and Gary go back to camp. Everyone has done what they could to prepare food, but you brought fuel, so you're able to now actually cook things pretty quickly and efficiently without needing to use the campfire. We make s'mores over the campfire. <laughs> Gary is a very polite dinner guest. He sits down on one of the log benches that are set up around the little fire pit. He makes polite small talk. Do people have questions? Some of you haven't really talked to him much, so... Oh, by the way, Raven, you gotta wake up at 5.30 tomorrow. She chokes on her drink. Be on that boat. <laughs> Sorry, what? I used up my favorite bottle of whiskey to grease the wheels over there to get you on that boat. You too, Aiden, if you if you want to go. You you or me, either one can show up. It would be fine. Wake up at 5.30 or I have to be on the boat at 5.30? I ain't on the boat. Oh, God. What time is it? It's like 6 o'clock. Oh, but, right. I was thinking it was way later. <laughs> well, it's like, let's see. It's spring. It's six time. o'clock, but it's, it's Canada. It's like spring, summer, and it's Canada. So the sun is almost all the way down. And when you're camping and it's dark out, there's not a lot to do. You could just bed early. Aiden will ask you or me. Could we just both go? I think we could both go. Natalie, what, what did I agree to? You asked if Raven could go. And when you asked how many people could fit on the boat, Richards was like, up to 10. There's only five of them in their group, so okay. So yeah, Aiden we, wanted we both to go could with her. Up. You yeah. could both show up. Yeah, we we could both show up. You did um, kind of bank on the idea that Raven had maybe done something like this before and would be able to help Alice with her experiments. Yes. All right, Raven, you're gonna have to do some quick research on what being a marine biologist is because I kind of gassed you up a bit. Yeah, I was planning on spending all night researching so I could talk to them more, but I will spend. A couple of hours researching and then sleep so I can wake up at five. Hey, they might be waking up way later anyway, because boy, were they enjoying that bottle. (laughs) Good to know. So the three of us are going on a boating trip tomorrow. I can try to read up too. I mean, yeah, anything you can pick up that would just be good, intelligent sounding lines to drop on them about marine biology. (laughs) She actually looks over at Gary and says, how much could you show me about how to handle a boat? And Gary is like, oh, I know a bunch about moving around the water and stuff. I've got my own little speedboat down by the lake, so I I could give you a rundown of some terms and good things to know. And Aiden doesn't sleep, so she's literally got all night. Oh, well. true. That's a, a handy little trick there. I do need to sleep, but for <laughs> something as important as this, I'm willing to, you know, pull right through. Sort of, you know, you got Gary by your side, so if you need me to stay up and show you, I'm happy to do so. Maybe a, a post-dinner boating lesson? Certainly, then, yeah. We can head down to where I've got my boat moored and give you a little pointer here and there. And then Aiden can maybe spend some of the night doing research on her own. I'd, I'd hate to have you stay up all night for us, Gary. You do need some sleep, but oh, no, I, I think a quick lesson would do us both. Listen, good. 
I understand you're being very polite, but you've come at my bequest, and so we need to make sure that they don't find that creature out there. That's really my priority at the moment. If I have to lose a little shut eye about it, it's not the end of the world, you know? Okay. Sounds good. Wasn't that long ago that me and the missus was up all night with the screaming babe, so I'm used to it. How old is your kid now? He's seven now. Well, I hope we we get to meet the missus and, and your son sometime. Oh, she'll love you, yeah. And Danny, he's a sprightly little folk. He's always running about in the woods getting into mischief. Sounds like us. <laughs> All right. Sounds like you guys are a pretty good plan. You've got three people allowed onto the boat tomorrow, but you're going to have to stay up to research. Aiden's going to try and earn her passage by doing a quick crash course in boating. Whitaker, you probably have some experience, given your history of being a secret agent. Tomorrow, we're renting a boat, right? And we're going to try to go out there, too? You could. I want to try to talk to this thing. It sounds like maybe you could take Gary's boat and go out with him if you wanted to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I'm going to try to talk to this thing. That's my plan for tomorrow. So you're going to try and reach out to the creature itself and talk to it? Yes. Hugo? Hugo's going to keep the camp nice and tidy. (laughs) Just going to stay. Just going to take a break. I love that. (laughs) Might go sneaking around the other people's stuff while they're away, but... Okay, interesting. I love that, though, that Hugo's just like, nope to water. I'm staying here. I like electricity. Me and water don't mix. Mm Mm-hmm. Until it does. Until something happens and you're forced to, yeah. When it gets late but before bed Damien would call Whitaker call like on the phone where are you uh probably still near their area as a bird hanging out a little far away from like the pile of soups that he had to douse himself (laughs) just in little songbird up in the tree has the phone on top of a branch so it doesn't fall okay yeah you peck with your little bird beak to dial the number and then (laughs) yeah what can I do for you I just wanted to check in, see if there was any updates to the plan. Uh, If any of them are rude and able to be removed, I can take care of it. I can blow up the boat if... Wait, hold up, hold up, hold up. Just spitballing. Nope, nope, we're going to stop you right there, actually, uh, because we got got agents on that boat tomorrow. (laughs) Oh, okay. Uh, I've secured room for myself, Aiden, and Raven. We're going to be on the boat seeing what they see, see what the deal is. And I don't know if we're going to attempt any sabotage tomorrow. That might be a little risky, all things considered. But we're at least going to see what their setup is. What have you done? What have you been up to? Because I really couldn't tell. I got skunked. I was trying to lure one over to their area, spray their cabin, and I got skunked myself. So then I had to rub myself all over their stuff. And then... That's what that was. All right, well, it's a great start. It doesn't sound like you all are slowing them down very much. I think they're probably going to find the sea creature tomorrow. With Not if we've got you under the water being a bit of a distraction. Absolutely. What sort of sea creatures would be distracting? What's the biggest one you can turn into? We just need something to catch the, the attention on their sonar and little view portals or whatever. Damien, I'm not sure how to say this other than, you know who your old boss was, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah. 
kind of your whole like origin story is being a creature from the waters of hell. <laughs> like, yeah. So, yeah. Um. Any any yeah. fun sort of fancy <laughs> sea creatures you could turn yourself into? Uh, not that you'd like. <laughs> oh, I don't need to like it. We gotta give them something to chase. If they just see a dolphin down there, they'll be like, "That's weird." Yeah, but I don't want to turn any into anything abnormal, and then that's just gonna stoke fuel to their fire and get them more interested. Mm, yeah, maybe we want, we want to save that for. Because I can Hans-y. pop in as a manatee or a dolphin or a seal, and it'll yeah a bit per perhaps especially if it's non-native no no you're right i'm getting ahead of myself let's start with that let's start with manatee and fucking up their sonar and if you see anything that looks like a sea monster that we're looking for i need you to get it out of there i need to ask as keeper a manatee is an incredibly wild choice (laughs) given where you are in the world (laughs) i'm just gonna not the wildest. I'm just gonna let Damien take that little tidbit from me. And do what you want. Manatees with it, can survive in very cold water due mm-hmm. to their fat storage. I'm sure Which they can. Which is why it would be more <laughs> intriguing than, say, a walrus. You get your take orders, Damien. Your your orders are become a normal sea animal and try and get their attention and distract them. Raven, you do a bunch of research. Why don't you roll? Plus sharp, just a straight sharp roll. I'm actually going to do the same for Aiden. See how she does with her boat lesson. That's a seven. She's very nervous about getting enough sleep. Aiden got a six. She doesn't have any bonuses. Boats are hard. Boats are a a lot. I think (laughs) probably the last boat she was on had sails. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) She does her best. And she probably recalls stern aft you know that sort of stuff starboard like but not much else so she'll get some experience that's fine uh raven i'll say uh yeah it's a mix so i can't really justify giving you plus one forward but i'll say you you do enough and you do recall notes you took back in college did you actually take some like marine biology courses do you want that to be canon or no that was a complete lie i thought you meant me as a person i know oh, no, nothing no. about marine biology <laughs> I, for raven. I think that raven since it was like a community college took like a one single intro to marine biology it was like required to take like one class that had nothing to do with mm-hmm. your major and so she like our geology it. class <laughs> yeah and so she yeah. took it and it was fine and yeah. she's still afraid of the water but the class wasn't that bad they definitely, there was multiple <laughs> classes where they just watched, like, planet Earth. And it was, like, sort of about the ocean. Yeah. So she, like, she knows I a little bit. Say, and then okay. she did some research and refreshed that little bit of knowledge. If you want to come to Whitaker for advice, he has an ability that can, if he gives you advice and his honest opinion on stuff, which in this case probably means, here's some research notes from some water-based agency missions that might help you in sounding smart or cool, I can give you plus one forward. That would be awesome. I think that's very logical, especially since I was picturing earlier when Whitaker was doing all that research on the crew, I just imagined Raven over his shoulder, just like reading all of it with him. I love that idea. Hmm. Yeah, that like- So I think- You're doing research, Raven, but Whitaker also is there helping you and pointing out, oh, actually, let me pull up this old case file. I'll read that to you while you're looking over this video or whatever. 
I think Raven struggled for a little bit going through old biology stuff and just got super overwhelmed and confused and went to Whitaker. It was just like, help. So we'll say that Raven has a plus one ongoing to any rolls or checks you make relating to seeming like you have experience with biology missions and that sort of thing, or with just generally being helpful on the boat. Sweet. Love that. Also, cover story. I don't think I could pass as your dad, but I could be your uncle. Yeah, no, I thought, I mean, we had like made jokes that you were our uncle. I think we should just go with. Just, just go, go with, with that, that. yeah. Because yeah. quite frankly, I don't think you're old enough to have this many kids all the same age. Like, I don't think you could have a 24-year-old kid. Oh, Raven, oh. You're, you're more right than you realize. <laughs> <laughs> we could say that you're like my uncle and that Aiden's like my best friend friend since childhood and so she comes with us and well they probably won't even ask it's fine yeah but they probably yeah i'm your british uncle yeah Yeah, (laughs) you're british too so it's like no listen the family got very split up over the years to have that many kids at that age like that's some full-on secret agent past (laughs) we could we could say that we're like all cousins so that way none of us are like directly related we're cousins by marriage, and it's like a family <laughs> trip because we're all the same age and we're friends. They'll they'll never ask if we figure all of this out. If we get oh a cover story, God. they won't ask. That's good. Love that. All right, yeah, this can't go wrong. <laughs> it's flawless. You do sleep some, yes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whitaker, of course, does get up early. Not to do a morning run, of course, because there's no streets. But he does a morning swim. <laughs> At what time? They said like, Five in the morning. Don't All right. Chilly. Of course yeah, wow. it's chilly. This is the only thing that makes him feel alive anymore. <laughs> so you throw on your old, your trunks, I get? Like, what's what? Oh, yeah, no, he brought a swimsuit. Yeah, okay, so not like trunks. a full wetsuit or something like that. No, no, it's All just right. a swimsuit. Gotcha. Nothing fancy. He just knew he'd be in the water. How uh, cold is it? Oh, it's it's so brisk. I mean, it's it's bearable, but towards the end of your little lap that you do around the docks, I guess, you feel your muscles starting to like, oh, you really got to push and get through to not have them seize up with cold. As you're drying off on the docks, you see Gary and Aiden are walking back towards the campsite. She does not look like she had a successful time learning how to work a boat, but Gary is just talking at her encouragingly and has like a big mug of coffee. You know, it's a lot to take in all at once. I'm, I'm actually really, you know, I'm impressed that you would even try to absorb that much information in one night, especially so quickly and on the fly like that. Yeah, I guess. I, I don't know. She actually, like, pokes her head in the tent. She's like, Raven, we gotta get going. Raven begrudgingly drags herself out of her sleeping bag. She hands you a coffee. Best. I think Raven got dressed before going to bed so mm-hmm. she could just roll out and be ready you're having that thing where because you've been camping and also it's the morning your body is not quite warmed up enough so you feel like it's a lot colder than it actually is (laughs) she's doing the thing where she's just like holding the coffee close to her face (laughs) and just kind (laughs) of holding it and then we'll like take a sip and just hold it are you sitting by the fire yeah, she, she's drinking her coffee and probably waiting for Whitaker to come back so they can... Yeah, you have a few minutes before you actually... Get the fire, go. like, going for mm-hmm. the day. Gary actually will sit next to you and just put, like, a big arm around you. When he's sitting next to you, he does seem bigger for some reason. Here you little camping trick. We go to snuggle up for morning coffee. It'll keep your body warm and your spirits bright. 
and Aiden's sitting there and he like pulls her in closer with his other arm <laughs> so he's got both of you in like a big hug <laughs> there's nice having folks around that I can be myself about just a big old Bigfoot hug by the fire Raven makes sure that he has his coffee like refilled she is very very grateful <laughs> oh I've had my cup for the morning once you get out on that boat uh, I might take a, a quick nap it's a good idea Wait for your friends to, you know, get themselves up and rising, and then we can head out on my boat and just sort of keep a, you know, a safe distance, but be around in case something goes wrong and you need us to pop over. Yeah, definitely get get a little bit of rest. We'll let the others sleep a little bit longer, and then you guys can catch up with us. Sounds perfect to me. Who knows? They might not be up and ready to go yet. Whitaker walks by in his swim trunks. Soaking wet. <laughs> Is Whitaker wearing, like, the British men's swim trunks that are just, like, a speed? No! <laughs> yes, he is! Yes, he no. is! No! <laughs> like, the little... <laughs> or did he get Americanized and he's got, like, the normal shorts? Oh, my God. He bought his swim trunks in America. Listen, he's gay, but he's not that gay. <laughs> it's like that scene with James Bond. Yeah, coming oh, out the water. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Daniel Craig coming out the water. Hey there, adventurers. Our break was restful and much needed, but it's good to be back again. I hope some of you were able to enjoy the episode backlog or a change of pace yourselves last week. Our Keystone Guardians episode was received really well, so we're already working on producing more bonus stories like that one soon. This week, I wanted to wish all of our adventurers a happy Pride Month from myself and the rest of the cast. We hope you're able to celebrate your beautiful identities with the ones who love and support you. And if you're still figuring yourself out, that's okay. Your path is yours to track at your own pace. And I wish you all the courage, strength, and care that you might need along the way. So happy Pride to all of our LGBTQIA adventurers. Thank you to all the caring allies out there. And be especially kind to each other this month. I know there's one found family of queer monster hunters who love and are proud of you all. Once Whitaker is ready, you're all ready to go. You head down to the docks. You can see mm-hmm. that Beverly is already in her wetsuit and actually is climbing up from the water onto the deck of the, the boat, and she calls into the, the room where the steering wheel is. Uh, cabin? Well, is it a cabin? Is it a cockpit? Cabin it's, sounds right. She I calls don't really in. Know anything about boats. Try it again, and you hear Richard's cursing from inside. <laughs> she's just like, alright. Falls back under the water with like her mask on, and so she's clearly going down to try and deal with the kelp nest that Damien wrapped around nice. their, their engine. Richards is just like, I can't believe I cleaned it last week! Ah! Just like screaming <laughs> and throwing shit. Oh no, what a nightmare! Yeah. Oh, what a shame, can't go out today. How could this have happened? You see Pike is up on their cabin, which is, again, walking distance from the place. And he's just got a cigar and so does Cook. And they just seem to be like taking in the morning air. They've also got a thermos of coffee each and are chatting quietly. Is a killer whale too big for Damien to turn into? Is he just a mini killer whale? killer whale? Can he just be a big flat poster of a killer whale? (laughs) 
I'll say this, Damien. When it comes time, I will have you roll to use magic, and we will determine based on your roll. Is a fair compromise between just saying sure and no. That sounds perfect. I'll try and describe this location a little more. There is the campsite area, which again is on the coastline of a very large bay. So it looks like you could be on a lake, except that the water keeps going. And there are little islands and things peppered throughout the bay. And you're really not near the coast. You're not near the Pacific. But all the water here is from the ocean, and it just continues to move inland. If you look at a map of northern Canada, you'll see that it's just all peppered with water coming in from the north and from the Pacific, just through little inlets and waterways. So Echo Bay is actually a pretty big bay. And then beyond that, the waterways just continue and traverse and go out towards the ocean. It's not normal territory for a killer whale, certainly. And especially at the docks where the water is fairly shallow and just deep enough for boats to be moored. For limitations of space, uh, you'd beat yourself as soon as you turned into one. <laughs> we don't want that. Um, I like your creativity, though. Yeah. Alice comes out from the cabin she also seems like she's not a morning person. So she clocks immediately that Raven is not. And she says, I know it's bad right now, but trust me, once we get out there and like the caffeine starts to hit, it's going to be amazing. I'm honestly glad to have some help because it's a lot that I'm trying to do out there. And everyone here is really just there to be in charge of the ship. Raven's just going to hold up a little thermos of coffee. Cheers to that. Clink. There's a tea bag hanging out of hers. <laughs> and around... 5.45, maybe 10 of, Beverly comes back up from the water, takes her goggles out, shakes them off, calls back again. All right, Richards, one more time. It better be one more time. God, I'm so sick of this. And the boat actually does start up. The engine seems to have been cleared. You uh, didn't quite slow them down dramatically, but you have managed to piss off Richards <laughs> first thing in the morning. Maybe he'll quit. <laughs> Once the boat starts, Pike clips his cigar, sets it down on like a little ashtray he's got on the deck of their cabin. Cook does the same, and they both start to head towards the docks also. And you guys hop aboard the boat, which I haven't named. Do you want to group think the name of this boat? I know it's a dangerous thing to ask, but I'm a fan of <laughs> collaboration. Captain Joe's boat name generator. Let's go. We should call it Ship Happens. Ooh, never mind. That's good. That does feel like a very Richards. Yeah, name. that's a pretty good name. That's really good. What was their generator going to say, Emery? They're stupid. I don't like this generator. It's bad. Mm, Ship that's Happens I, is very good. Ship Happens I is great. Up. I think we should stay with that. That's perfect. Yeah, I love Ship Happens. <laughs> Ship Happens. See, I knew that's this was a good idea. That's why Richards won't get a different boat because then he'd have to like have a different name and he's gotten so attached to the name of this one but he's mm -hmm. determined to just keep it and fix it yeah so good like i think he just calls it ship you know Aww. it is it is a boat like it is just a research boat but he calls it ship because he has this connection with it it's entirely a coincidence but just like two minutes ago didn't one of them accidentally call it a ship yeah that's true i think maybe alice is the one that did yeah. that <laughs> so, she's so used to Richard's calling it a the ship. ship, even though it's just a little boat. This is Ship Happens, but I feel like uh, Gary's boat would be named Seize the Day. Good. Oh, I forgot we have Gary's boat, too. Would he name it after his wife? Oh. Now that's cute. Like Vivian something, like, yeah, it definitely like... has her name in it. Oh, 
man. I think he calls it Vivian's Song. Oh, so pretty. I love yeah. that. He's such a softy. Gary's great. I can't wait for you to meet his family. I'm so excited to meet Vivian and his son. That's delightful. So we have our boat names. You guys climb on and you head out into the bay. Felicity, at what point do you wake up? I feel like the commotion of everyone getting ready to go to the other boat has woken me up. So I'm, I'm like groggily awake, getting ready a little bit. When you come out of the tent, you see Gary is there and he's taken some of the camp gear you guys brought and actually like set it up super efficiently and properly. And he's got a little box of mix and is making like tiny pancakes. <gasps> oh my God. Yeah, he's got some sausages grilling up in a little pan. Right, good morning there, Miss Felicity. How are you doing? Did you sleep okay? I slept great, as great as someone can sleep on the ground. You know, the ground, she might be a little rough, but she's always there. <laughs> he kind of like pats the ground with a big boot. <laughs> Could I interest you in a poor bunion breakfast? Yes, any kind of food is fine. He takes one of the pancakes and with the kitchen tongs you guys brought, he puts a sausage in it and then folds the pancake around it like a taco and then takes a little thing of like cheap, well, actually, no, you're in Canada. It's the real stuff. It's maple syrup. Uh, he drizzles a little on and hands that to you as a, a little breakfast snack. Thank you! Oh, she's going to eat it. It's so good. It's, it's delicious. So good. It's the best thing to have when you're camping. Wow. <laughs> Never did understand how uh, old Paul got this one named after him since I'm the one that taught him about it. Well, we can call it Big Gary's Breakfast now. <laughs> he, he winks at you and uh, he says... Oh, I'm pulling your leg. It was old Paul. I never met the fellow. I'm sure he was a nice man, though. <laughs> so what time are we getting going? I'm excited to meet the giant fish. Well, as soon as you're ready to go, I suppose. Uh, is there a friend there joining us? Everyone is. Wake up, guys! Hugo, you're awoken. Oh. <laughs> oh, wait, you're not coming on the boat. You can go back to sleep, Hugo. <laughs> And Good night. unconscious. <laughs> All right, you go sleeping in. Wow, I love this Hugo taking care of himself episode. <laughs> we never get that content. Every nope. now and then. I guess Damien would come with you, though, on your boat, correct? I thought Damien would, would be spying on the researchers the whole night as a little songbird. So you're just going to follow along on that boat and flit above overhead? Yeah. So yeah, Felicity, it's just you and Gary. Just me and Gary. All right, Gary, <laughs> let's go. Well, all right then. And he turns off the gas, makes sure that the food is thrown away in a properly hung in a tree trash bag so they don't get bears. Well, come on down. I'll show you the old Vivian song. She's a right beauty at. And he sounds like it. Takes you down to his little boat. His is smaller than theirs. Mm -hmm. It's just a little speedboat. It does have like a windshield in front of where you drive, but there's a seat there and then a passenger seat and a little fishing tackle box in the back. It's not a big thing, but it'll get you out on the water. And he says, right, well, um, it could be out there a while. Do you want to bring anything to do? No, um, why are we going to be out there a while? Because we got we to gotta look for it. Oh yeah, certainly. And I also imagine the research team's going to be out to at least lunchtime. I don't really think I need anything to do. I think I'm pretty good. You want to speed run this, buddy? I don't rightly know what you mean there, Miss Felicity. I'm, I'm going to use tune in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
I got a 10. Does that let you just know where it is? Yeah, where is this creature right now? <laughs> That's the first question. Where is the creature right now? <laughs> oh, good lord. Felicity. So, <laughs> you say, do you want to speed run this? And you just look out at the water and stand up in the boat for a second as he's pulling out of the dock. And your hair starts to whip in the wind and rise. And your eyes get that glossed over white feeling and the little bits of energy and lightning spark from your eyes. Oh boy! <laughs> It'll be a big day underwater for old Gary and his friends. And you just stand there, accepting visions of where this creature might be. And you get a sense, you don't see it or anything, but you get a sense that it, it's there. And you point with your finger, and he turns the boat to try and find it. And so and you're pointing, yeah. and you're like, there it is. Oh, we're coming right up on it. Oh, perfect. And then suddenly it's not there. And you're like, what? That usually works and then you feel it off a ways away and you're like oh, i guess i was wrong it, it's there and you point and gary turns the boat around and you start going in another direction and for the next hour or so felicity this thing keeps disappearing from your senses and then popping up somewhere else in the bay that's really great because i get a second question <laughs> how can i attract its attention how do you think you could right now you know that is a an aquatic creature of some kind and that it seems to keep vanishing from you as you guys get closer and then reappearing somewhere else in the bay. So how I think she would try to attract his attention and tell me if this is a little too, a little too much, but she would get as close as they can before it disappears, lean over the boat and stick her face in the water and do magic to be able to communicate with it. Hello! I would right. like to speak to you, please. This is wild. Okay. You tell Gary, all right, this next one, slow down. Don't come at it so quickly. It keeps vanishing. Slow the boat down. So you, you come at this next point where you sense it, and you're coming at it very slowly, and you wait and you judge as much as you can. Like, I think it's going to disappear soon, so I'm going to try this now. And you say, hold me over the edge. <laughs> and so he's like, Right, okay, and he idles the boat, gets it to just be drifting and coasting, and picks you up by your ankles and dunks you in the water. <laughs> and um, I rolled an 11 to communicate with something. To I communicate with it, okay. Gary, seemingly effortlessly, despite you know, outwardly <laughs> appearing like a short little old man, dunks you in the water. As soon as your head goes under, it has that effect of like, everything sounds a little weird. You can kind of mm -hmm. hear the boat motor idling and just the water sloshing against your head. And you think, I'm Felicity Starnbrook. I've been able to talk to creatures like this my whole life. That should apply to this too. And you reach out with your magic and you just think, I want to meet you. I want to talk to you. And what you hear back is sort of a, an echoing ping like a, a tuning fork being struck and it gets a little louder and a little closer and it keeps happening. And you think again, I want to meet you. And at that point you have to take a breath. So you tap Gary's hand and like, he pulls you out of the water. Your hair is dripping wet. I imagine her hair does that thing where it acts like a sponge and just soaks up a lot of liquid. Yep. You have to yep. like wring it out. But you sense that this thing is coming towards Gary's boat. What's your third thing, right? Because you get three. What's it planning to do right now? You think that it heard your 
request to interact with it, and it is coming to investigate you. And as you sit there waiting on the boat, expecting like, is it gonna, is it gonna come right up and talk to me? What, what? You sense that it starts to just circle the boat in sort of a curious. Uh, it's being cautious, but it is circling the boat. Maybe here or there you catch a glimpse of a dark shape moving, but you'd have to actually be in the water again to maybe see this thing. Bring me back down! Dump me again! <laughs> This is the strangest way people have ever tried to seal with old Triton. <laughs> and this is gonna be the one that works. Sploosh dunks you in the water again. You see the Willatuck sea creature as it <laughs> approaches you. We are gonna cut away from that and return <laughs> to our group on the research vessel. So you guys, you don't stick around in the bay very much. Pike has Richard's drive out beyond the inland shape where the marina and all the boats are mirrored and out into like more open water. Alice ties her hair back, starts looking at the instruments and planning out what she's going to do to try and find this thing. She tells you, Raven, to go over to the audio equipment and check for any blips or sounds or anything on that. Aiden, meanwhile, is just sort of staying out of the way occasionally if like one of the other team members comes by and is like hold this or like i need help carrying this she'll like offer and go over and help them it's not as fun to describe but i will say that like at this point you are now on a scientific research vessel and you just have to stand and stare at instruments for a while (laughs) to try and like get a thing it's it's less exciting than you maybe were expecting, considering you're with the Aaron Pike. But he's just sitting on the bow, and occasionally he'll point at some shoals or, like, a bit of waves cresting and be like, let's head over there. Or, you know, he's, he's judging the currents and things. We don't want to be near that. That looks like a sandbar. And, of course, Richard is piloting it. You see that Cook is also kind of staying out of the way. He is sitting on one of those trunks that Hugo told you to be careful of or or look out for that might have more heavy-duty weaponry in there. So you think maybe he's just here for if things go badly. Beverly has stayed in her diving outfit, and when you guys get to a point where Alice says, let's stay here and look around, she's actually going to get ready to do a dive Uh, with a camera and look around herself. Whitaker is live texting every update to Damien. He's not sure if Damien can receive any of these texts while underwater or whatever, but that's, that's the idea. It's like, Oh, they're thinking of looking at this. Like, Oh, we've stopped and and she's going to do a dive. That kind of Mm -hmm. thing. So imagine Damien has a bird high up in the air, keeps the phone on his back, feels the vibrate and then just, Falls out of the air while reading the cell phone. Okay, and then puts the cell phone back on his back, catches the wind again to glide up, 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 up. Quickly pulls the cell phone out with his feet and tries to type as he goes. Oh, you don't, you don't have to respond. That's okay. Once the boat is stationary, then Damien is going to dive into the water and attempt to stretch himself out to be killer whale sized. All right. You guys get out into the open water. Damien, you dive into the surf as some sort of seabird, but roll, use magic, and we'll see if you can become a whale. A 12. You've never had to become something this big before, but you've also never really tried. And there's all this talk of sea monsters and there being a sea monster and people wanting to see a sea monster 
and you kind of want to see a sea monster, even if it has to be yourself. <laughs> so you turn into a big old killer whale, and you're now swimming around in the water as a killer whale. Damien is not act aggressive to the diver. I'm not trying to attack in any way. How close are you positioning yourself as a killer whale? I want her to be scared. Do you just suddenly appear as a killer whale like 30 feet from the boat? Or like, uh, do, you, do no. you come from a ways off towards them? Come from a ways off. Beverly has just gone down for her first dive of the day, if you don't count the seaweed cleaning that she did. And you hear Pike up on deck and he radios down to her. Beverly, I think there's an orca in the water. You hear her come back on the radio. Well, actually, can you talk on a radio if you're scuba diving? I feel like you can't, right? I don't. Unless you get the thing in your mouth. Setup. Yeah, no, I don't think you yeah. can. No, I don't think you can. So there's like, have a, like a like a blip system. Yeah, like, there's like know. some blips that come back on the radio. And he jots it down really quickly and then says, yeah, I'm going to keep an eye on it, but definitely I wouldn't go far from the boat. Blip, 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 blip. Roger. And so Damien starts to come towards the, the crew. Are those common in like a bay? Or in a little lake like this? Alice gets on the sonar thing and starts looking for like killer whale sounds and like clicks and things that they would be making. And she's asked you, Raven, she's like, did you see it coming? Have you seen anything? It just like showed up. Yeah, it just popped up a couple seconds before he said something about it. It must have been separated from its pod. Well, how sad. Yeah. Aaron, I don't, I don't think Beverly should be in the water. It looks like it's coming towards the boat. It might be curious, or it could have been injured and it's confused. So he radios down. All right, come on up, Beverly. We'll get you down there later on today, but uh, we got to lose this thing. So she climbs up out of the water. She's annoyed because she's a diver. She wants to be down there, but she like takes her thing off and just like sits down, takes her like flippers off so she can move around on the deck a little easier. Comes over to Pike. It's just one of them. And he says, yeah, just one. Dr. Ward, why don't we just send it running? And she says, I'd rather not, Captain. It could be injured, like I said. All right, we'll do a pass first. Whitaker's live texting all of this. <laughs> Well, Damien is now underwater. I don't think he's going to be able to receive texts. No. So, and also, like, maintaining his concentration to be a big whale. The boat starts coming towards you, Damien. As Damien swims about, sort of admiring the different parts of the whale. Oh, shoot. These things have a blowhole. So he has to go back up to the surface and remember to do uh, <laughs> the, blow, yeah. the, okay. the exhale. To no one in particular, Whitaker does just say... Now, what are the chances that the Willatuck monster is just a dislodged orca that everyone thought was a monster? I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> Where are you on the boat? Are you like up on the deck? Are you in the Oh, he's up house? on the deck. He's okay. up on the deck. He's seeing what all the fuss is. Pike has some binoculars out. He's watching the, the fin every time it crests up. Puts him down and looks at you. He says, maybe once or twice, but this is unusual. This wouldn't be happening often enough to, to be a thing. We're going to have to check it out, see if it's tagged. Fair enough. And so his boat. They try to keep pace with you, Damien. They're going to get alongside you, try and scan you for a chip or anything that might have been implanted in a, in a stray whale or uh, to get some, some readings from like the sonar. They're trying to read that off of you. Raven, why don't you act under pressure to see how well you can like 
feign not knowing what is going on, but also like be interested in this. Like, you know, like it's just a deception basically to try and seem like you're being helpful, but also the fact that you're in on it and know that it's Damien out there. You get plus one. That's oh, true. That's right. That's good because act under pressure is plus cool, and I have a minus one. All right, so evens it out. Oh, Raven, you're so uncool. I rolled double sixes. Oh, shit! Hell yeah. Incredible. I don't know if you know this, Brittany, but rolling two sixes on a, on a roll like this, it does mean you've earned your PhD. I'm suddenly so much smarter. I know everything about everything. While she was told to keep an eye on that one piece of equipment, I, I had like decided that if anything comes up, she's not telling anyone. <laughs> If there's any little pings or blips, she's just, like, trying to keep it cool and not let anyone know. So yeah. she's been pretending that there's been nothing showing up on it. Occasionally, you got a little bit of a thing. But even with your rudimentary knowledge and the quick rundown that Alice gave you of look for this sort of signal, what you were hearing wasn't, or what you were, like, picking up on the readings wasn't indicative of what you would normally think to hear. So even these little occasional blips or spikes in information don't make sense based on like what you'd look for if it was just an animal but now that she's there and starts directing you and she's like okay yeah no all right yep there it is and she's running back and forth between this equipment and the little periscope to try and catch a glimpse of it and she says looks like a looks like a male probably juvenile not a full bull damon are you like circling the boat or what are you doing now that the boat is like trying to follow you essentially Damien would be staying close to the boat, trying mm-hmm. to make sure that the diver doesn't go in the water. You're just circling the boat, and they sit there and let the boat idle, and they're like, it seems like it's being territorial. Usually they don't stick around a boat like this. We're not sure what's going on. Maybe it's sick. They can't figure out like why this whale is acting this way. And so while Alice takes a few more measurements, you see Cook getting a little like impatient. And he gives a look up to Pike, who's up on this little forward deck area. And he nods and gives it another 15 or so before he comes over and just taps Alice on the shoulder. He says, Doctor, I know this is unusual, but it's not really why we're out here. So what do you say? And she nods. She says, you're right. I'm sorry. It's just such an anomaly, but it's not what we're here to do. We can send it running and maybe it will find its pod and, and get back with its family. That's, that's the important thing. Alrighty. Fire it up, Cook. And he goes over and opens one of these cases and takes out almost what looks like a t-shirt gun. It has a big cylindrical barrel to it, but nowhere to load any ammo or anything, and almost like a weed whacker generator engine on the back of it. And he brings that over goes to a little hatch in the bottom deck and there's a, an opening that he can like put this thing's nozzle down into and he pulls like a ripcord on it to get the engine going and then flips a couple switches on it and it just starts running. Damien, you start to hear this high-pitched sonic noise in the water. You gather this is something they would use to disrupt or send a shark or some other big creature like a whale and get it away from the boat if it was being aggressive in a way that wouldn't actually hurt it long term and so this big sonic burst comes through the water and is now just everywhere around you makes it very hard to concentrate on keeping this form up 
And Raven, you can see that Alice is like a little uncomfortable with this tactic. She doesn't like doing it, but she understands that like for the safety of the boat, it's better to just drive an animal like this away than to have it ram the ship or risk injuring someone. Raven's gonna lean over to Alice and just, I feel bad doing this, but really push like, oh, that's so sad. Like if it's sick and I wish we could help it somehow and just like really lay on the guilt that we're not doing anything to help this poor whale. And like, yeah. are you sure that that thing doesn't hurt it? I can't imagine how loud that is for them underwater. Like, oh, that's so terrible. But I mean, I guess we do have a mission. You see, she just very much is just like, it. oh yeah, she's like biting one of her nails. Just like, and I know I don't like it either, but you know, we're on the clock here. We're not, we don't have unlimited grant funding. Damien is going to, in order to maintain concentration on this form, when the sonic beam is going out, is going Mm -hmm. to stop swimming and just focus on the shape, focus on the shape. And then he's going to get the idea, and he's just going to float to the surface and tilt on his side perfectly still. Okay. I mean, they look at this whale that is now like floating awkwardly on its side and she calls out, she says, Cook, shut it off, shut it off. There's something wrong with this whale. Normally it would just scare them and they'd try and swim away, away from the sound as much as possible. But you're just sitting there lying on your side. Like a pet fish. (laughs) Yeah. The boat pulls up beside you. Richards is in the, the engine room, putting it in reverse, putting it in forward, putting it in reverse, putting it forward, and just trying to maintain their position near you. And Beverly comes over to the edge and she says, it's not moving. And Alice says, trank it. And then Beverly, you can swim over and see if there's anything you can find. So you see Pike loads up his tranquilizer gun and he's going to shoot you with the tranquilizer, Damien. <laughs> Using up resources so they can't hurt Nessie. So he goes to aim at you, and everybody on the boat, you feel it get bumped. You all grab a railing or like someone you're next to and try and steady yourself, and Pike's shot goes wide and flies off into the water. And he's like, What was that? Raven, that blip that you'd been seeing occasionally, another one of those just happened, bigger and more in the proximity than any of the others. And then it happens again also very close and nearby and the boat is knocked again and richards is like what the heck what's going on pike is like get on the periscope what's down there can i try to jump for the periscope like volunteer to do it yes but i will make you act under pressure because it's not really your place to do that but if you want to play it off as like oh i'm so excited to see what it is yeah in someone's way and like kind of like this is an emergency and we're freaking out yeah act under pressure you said act under pressure it's the only one that makes sense (laughs) for sure no i i agree i just don't like it definitely Uh, makes sense for this i think it's got to be that one like you could argue read a bad situation but i think that would be after no it's a little more information i'm definitely asking if she can I'm, I'm literally asking to act under pressure yeah. i just i'm not used to doing that because my cool is awful that's a seven minus one. Oh no <laughs> so close is it marine biology enough to cancel out the minus and just be a seven i'll tell you what it's not but i'm gonna roll and see if aiden can help you out okay so what happens you hear him yell get on the periscope see what's happening and you turn to go, but Alice is also turning 
And Aiden sees this, and she just yells, Dr. Ward, what was that? And Alice is suddenly like, because she's a little freaked out, she's like, what are, what are we, what, what? And turns on to see what uh, Aiden is like yelling about. Yeah, Aiden is fully just trying to get the doctor's attention so Raven can get on the periscope first. And Raven, when you get your face in there and you look down, you see a shape that is not only circling and regarding the boat, but also circling and regarding Damien. And it looks like while it has bumped the boat a couple times, it's now making its way towards Damien's whale body. And you see a Willituck Lake monster. <laughs> For description purposes, we will describe exactly what Raven and Felicity are seeing at the exact same time. Wait, what? Oh. The Willituck Lake monster Rather, the type of creature that has been identified as the Willituck Lake Monster there. is essentially a large plesiosaur creature. It has what looks like maybe a carapace on its back with barnacles and little bits of sea coral and things growing off its back. But it is essentially big fins and a long neck with a sauropod face that has a big mouth full of teeth. Now, Felicity doesn't see a bunch of teeth because the one she sees is small. Felicity, with her head in the water, sees this little baby plesiosaur spirit come up to her with its little face, and its mouth has like little ridges of teeth that haven't really grown into the big fangs that an adult would have. So it kind of just has like little baby teeth in its mouth, and it comes up next to you, Felicity and looks at you with its big, glassy seal eye. Can I communicate with it still? You can try in one second. Raven, what you see is the adult, and it has massive teeth, double rows of them in its mouth, almost like deep sea creatures, although they seem to be able to fold when the mouth is closed so they're not, like, overtruding the lip or anything like that. So they're kind of like snake fangs in that way, or they're very long once the mouth is open and the jaw distended, but when it closes its mouth, they uh, fit inside the jaw but it is going at Damien about to bite him and try and drive it away because it senses a large predator in its territory and a other large predator, quote-unquote, that made a huge sonic noise, which it very much did not like. Felicity, the baby lake monster, is just sort of swimming around the boat and it will do a circle and then come around again like a fish in a tank, but it is circling you, not the other way around. What do you try to do? I'm going to try to communicate with it again. Are you going to use magic or are you just going to like say no, underwater? Like, I'm going to okay. use magic. I rolled a 13. Of so course we're good. <laughs> we're good. <laughs> hey, lake monsters. I know I told you to come here and this seems a little counterproductive, but you got to go round up your family and get out of here because there's some scientists and they got some good, good equipment and they're going to find you. And like, we don't know what they're going to do. We don't know if they're going to hurt you. We need you to get out of here, man. You don't get words back. You hear that same whale song ping of just sound vibration in the water. <sighs> but the feeling you get from it, Felicity, is that it says, go where? I only know this place. This is where I'm from. Just maybe, like, take a vacation for a little bit. You can come back. You get another ping. And it says, Parent goes to the big water. Parent brings back food from the big water. 
but I'm not big enough to go there yet. Where is your parent? Can you call them? They say, I'm not really supposed to talk to the land people. Oh, I'm different. (laughs) You see it actually does like stop and come up and investigate you a little closer with its face. You see it opens its mouth and its little rough tongue and teeth are on the inside of it. They're tiny based on the type of creature it will grow into, but they are still little sharp teeth. And it just clicks and makes noises at you again. It says, I'm supposed to stay here where it's shallow and safe. The thing is, though, that it's not safe right now. There are people that are looking for you, and I don't know what they're going to do. We're trying to help you. We're trying to make sure that you can stay here forever. But these people, they're trying to find you. You are a land person. You talk to them. You make them go away. Well, we're actually, we're trying that right now. But you guys leaving is like an extra precaution. Two of our people, the nice land people, they're on the boat trying to make sure that they don't find you. But there's still a chance they might still find you. So it'd be safest if you went somewhere. It tilts its head a little bit and then swims under the boat and then around in a big curving circle and then doesn't come back up close to you but just sort of regards you and says, my mother is strong. If land people will not leave, my mother will make them go away. And it turns around and rather than you seeing it vanish through the murk of the water and like the light eventually being obscured, because it's, it's pretty clear here. There's sand that can be disrupted at the bottom, but because you're on a boat, the only real disruption is the bubbles that the motor is making. So you see this shape pretty clearly as it starts to swim away, and you hear that ping sound, and there's a moment where the water seems to swirl into like a vortex underneath the surface, and the little baby lake monster just <laughs> into that tunnel of swirling water and is gone. Back to the mother, who is very strong and will make the land people go away. Damien, there's a lake monster and it's going to come bite you now. (laughs) Okay. Are you doing anything? Yes. When Damien sees and senses the lake monster, he realizes he does not want it above the surface of the water to provide video evidence. So he will immediately start trying to swim under the water and then away from the boat to try to lead it away. If he is faster than it, he is going to swim slower than necessary to make sure that he doesn't lose its attention. And if he's not faster than it, then this will be fun. So you're just gonna try and flee? Yes. Switching from being bait for the humans to being bait for the dinosaur. Yeah, I'm just looking up the extra effects of some of the moves. Which one makes the most sense for what I want to have happen? This is a protect someone role. Okay. Because what you're trying to do essentially is get the monster to stop attacking the boat and to chase you. So you have to roll plus tough. Seven. You protect them okay, but you'll suffer some or all the harm they were going to get. So you snap back into action. Your floating whale body suddenly is back to swimming around and being an active creature again. 
the lake monster feels justified that it's going to bite you. You will take three harm from that. And as you go away from the boat, the creature will follow you. And you said you were diving deeper so that it doesn't rise up out of the water? Correct. So it will pursue you without breaching and going above the surface. People on the boat, what are y'all doing? Since I got the periscope thing, I think Raven's trying to follow the monster with it, but not be obvious about it. I want her to be saying out loud, I don't see anything, just the big whale, but like is tracking the, like what's going on, but just saying out loud like, yeah, there's nothing out there. Alice comes over after Aiden's distraction. Excuse me, sorry, I have to come in and butt in here. So she's gonna try and take the periscope away from you. You let her do it. Uh, Raven would put up a fight for just a moment of just like, hold on, is that, uh, I think that's just the whale still. She's trying to extend <laughs> it, especially if she sees Damien starting to lead it away. She's just trying to prolong it just a little bit. For clarification, have the people on the boat actually seen the Willatuck Lake monster? They have not. They've only felt okay. their boat get bumped, and they saw the orca start to swim away. They haven't okay. like been down in the water or gotten to look through the periscope to see the creature yet. Okay, so gotcha. only Raven has seen it through the periscope? Correct. Pike yells back over to Cook, I'm not letting this boat get eaten by some orca trick tactic. Fire that off again. And so Cook is like, yes, sir, Captain. And he hits the switch on that sonic dispersion device again. Beverly is also going to a different case and she's cracking it open and she starts to assemble a second tranquilizer gun. Pike yells down to Richards in the the wheelhouse, get us moving again. And so you hear the boat start up again and starts to cut a swath to move away from where they are, but still be ready to go in a direction as soon as Dr. Alice tells them to go somewhere. So she eventually gets the periscope away from you, Raven, and goes down to look. It's too far away. Keep after it, though. And so they start to pursue Damien in the direction they saw him heading. When the sonic wave goes off, Damien, you again feel that ringing in your head, which is going to give you a minus one forward. So the next thing you do is going to get a minus one. The lake monster seems very bothered by that noise, like it harmed it. If the lake monster looks like it's going to turn its attention back towards the boat, Damon is going to 180 on the monster and attack it. It 100% is going to turn back on the boat because it saw you fleeing and was like gonna chase you off like a predator might. But as soon as it hears that blast of sound, it turns back around and starts heading back towards the boat. So are you gonna try and kick some ass? Yes. Going for the, ooh, that is a four. Oh no. Ooh. I guess you would go to bite it, right? Yes. I mean, he'd be trying for his, his natural life dream to try to get his harm back, but disguising it as a bite. True, disguising it as a whale bite, right? You go with your big orca mouth to try and chomp on this thing, but it is an agile swimmer. It has its long neck, and despite its body being almost sea turtle-shaped, I guess, with like big flippers in front and slightly smaller flippers in the back, it is quick in the water and moves very easily. And as you come in, it almost spirals around you and gets its head and neck and curves it up and over your, your back and actually bites your dorsal fin. 
be three harm again from that. And I'm going to say that it gives you a minus one to your swimming after it, and you don't slow it down. It bites you, tears at your fin a little, and then keeps pursuing after the, the boat that everyone's on. Whitaker, you got anything? He's been eyeing the, the sonar gun for a while now. How many decibels is that putting out into the water? You wouldn't know, because it's not your equipment. No. Because not- military sonar was banned for killing wildlife because it was the sonar was too powerful. So this, uh, this is interesting. Be less. This, if this, this is like a research thing. This no, yeah. no, 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 no. But what? the sonar gun. No, the the sonar they're using, I imagine, is safe. But the gun. Do you want to ask Pike about it right now? Because Doctor Ward seemed okay with using it. Yeah, he'll ask Pike. That you got there. Are you allowed to be using that in a in a closed water system? He says, it is a custom rig, but it's not meant to kill anything. It's a deterrent. The power from it seems a little high. What I'm imagining is like a fire alarm level okay. of like, like ringing in your ear to like drive off an animal that would hear a noise like that and be like, oh, I'm scared and run away. You know what I mean? It's not meant to be like, gotcha. sure, sure, we sure. kill you with sound. It's just like a high pitched like, me, 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 you know, to get them to like run away. It's, it's, a, it's a siren, not a death gun. The boat is knocked again by this thing ramming the side of it. And you actually hear Richards from down below. Shit! Captain, I think it's gonna crack it! Uh, You're gonna want to stop using that. Why don't you roll to manipulate? Listen, I love Dice Parser. She's been very good to me tonight. I think something might be rigged. It's another 10. Oh my god, have you only rolled 10s tonight? I've literally only rolled 10s. Like, this is weird. I just curled up and realized. The modifiers are all different, but the result is always 10. Just having a good time. That's just so funny. Just having a good time. Oh, a monkey's fist is curling somewhere <laughs> in the background. The Whitaker, you, you yell up at Pike. Whatever this thing is, you're pissing it off. And Pike, he's got his binoculars out. He's scanning the water. Raven, you're not on the periscope anymore. The doctor Mm-mm. is... Are you looking at any of the other equipment or like over the side to try and get like a vi- like a view on it or something? Yeah, I think as soon as she gave up the periscope, she made her way out onto the deck since she couldn't look through the periscope anymore, just like trying to look yeah. with her eyes <laughs> at right. the water. And if she so, heard Whitaker yelling, she'd want to be up there seeing yeah. what's going on too. The sonar reader, it's now starting to make that blip that you were noticing a lot. Every couple of seconds, it's registering this almost like a pop noise. Well, you wouldn't really know how to interpret what it's saying about the sound it's hearing, but whatever's happening, whatever's causing that is happening a lot. And this is being recorded onto like paper. It's doing the thing where it's like printing it as it happens, or is that a different? That might not make sense for it being on a boat, but it does, uh, yeah, it just, it's showing like the pattern on a screen over and over again. You were watching the sonar device for a long time, so you you see this, it's exactly the same noise each time. It's bigger now, but the shape of the sound wave is identical, just bigger than the last ones you saw when you were just sort of out here with no leads. Do I know if this information is being recorded or if this is just while you're watching it, you can see what's happening? It's hooked up to a laptop. Is everyone else distracted? I mean, the ship is, everyone is running around trying to, like, get a look at something. Beverly is now, she's got the tranquilizer gun together, and she's going to post up on the deck. If anything rears its head, she's going to take a shot at it. Pike also now is yelling for Cook, get me a reload, put that thing off, uh, and undoes the cartridge on his tranquilizer gun to also load up. 
and Cook runs over to a crate and opens it up and starts taking out these tranquilizer darts. So we can hand some off to Beverly and then bring some up to Pike as well. I'm going to have Alice. Hmm. Let's just see what she notices, what she can see on the viewfinder. All right. What's your sharp, Raven? My sharp is three. She would have at least that. So she gets an eight, which is a mix. You hear her exclaim from where she is on the periscope. Oh my God. I think it's here. Captain, turn us to the left a little more. You heard her, Williams. Take your direction from the doctor. And the boat starts now moving to pursue this creature. Raven, are you at the sonar thing? Yeah, she's still over there. You see that blip happen, and then the boat gets rammed, but from behind. Whitaker's going to fall off the boat if that happens. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, no. Are you on the back? Oh, he was at the front. But if it's rammed from the back, he's going to be, like, pushed forward. Or, well, I guess... I I love it. No, I love it. Yeah, no, no. He falls off. He falls (laughs) off the boat. Amazing. You're, you're like, standing there on the edge, paying attention to what Cook's doing. You're trying to keep an eye on Aiden and Raven as they're, like, running around trying to be a nuisance, but not look like a nuisance. And you're not expecting the boat to get hit from not the direction you're pursuing. So you're bracing yourself the wrong direction, and when the boat gets hit, Whitaker, you just very quick, just (gasps) over the rail, sploosh, in the water. He knew he might have to take a dive if it meant just one more distraction. Aiden sees that. She shoots you a look, Raven, and just yells to the captain, Man overboard! Pike is like, get a life ring ready! Turn us around! Find him! They're not going to fire any tranquilizer darts while there's a man in the water, so that's another thing. Well, Beverly Turner, who is a professional diver and sea hunter, holds her tranquilizer gun, and she drops her scuba gear. She's not looking to dive or stay underwater a bunch, but she is a world-class swimmer, and she slings the gun over her back, gets on the rail, and dives in the water after you. Oh, fuck. So Beverly is in. She's in the water. Now, there's a lot of bubbles. There's a lot of churning surf going on and everything. Aiden, she's going to quickly take off her jacket, toss it to you, Raven. I'm going after him. And she also dives overboard. Oh, my God. He can swim. Yeah, but she can port you to the top of the deck if she needed to. Okay, that's fair. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) This is great. Whitaker, you're under the water. They always depict people who, like, fall underwater in movies as being able to see, but I hate opening my eyes underwater. I feel like it is the worst. But I imagine you would anyway. He would try. He wouldn't be able to see much. Yeah, pretty pretty bleary-eyed, like, not able to see much. And you see this sea monster peeling away as it had just hit the boat, which is what knocked you off. You see a couple more sploosh, sploosh in the water. But the sea monster is now coming up from underneath towards you. What are you doing? Towards me or towards the boat? Towards you. Oh, well, that's good. At least we're not getting the boat. Uh, yeah, Whitaker's just gonna... What do they tell you to do when a shark's coming for you? Just don't flail. Let himself sink a bit. So you just let yourself sink towards this thing. Just, okay. just, just like not be a target. You know, it's like I've distracted it, and that's good, and that's great. Love that. Yeah. It's not going for the boat anymore. Just gonna look this thing in the eye as best he can and just sink a bit. So you stare at it as it's coming towards you. It's got its big mouth open, but you don't flail. You don't move around. You don't act agitated. And as it gets close to you, its mouth closes a little bit, and you see its head turn to the side and glares at you with this big, glassy eye for a second. I think I want you to roll plus charm. 
plus charm. That's just, right, folks. Just That's, plus charm. You know what this means? If I use a luck point on this, me and the sea monster, it's happening tonight. Dice parser! That's a four. That's a four. That's a four, baby. He's not charming. You're not he kinda, charming. Like, all of his air like you, just escapes I, as soon Emery? as he sees it. He's like, Pff. Yeah, I know this is a question for Emery. Do you want to use some luck? Yeah, of course I'm going to use some fucking luck. <laughs> Mark that off. <laughs> I haven't used that much luck, so that's fine. Yeah, you're fine. Agent Bonnie Whitaker, you've been around creatures not like this, but creatures in the supernatural sense a lot. And you let that calm resolve of if it gets me, it gets me kind of, but also like, uh, this is not unusual for me. This is normal. This is the job I've chosen to do. And the creature in like that split second as you just kind of meet its gaze and it's almost like being near a whale. This huge sea creature that you're just, you know, you're very small compared to it. And do you reach out to like, Oh yeah, no, he's absolutely just gonna like get a brisk, brisk touch. You you reach out and this thing is floating there for a brief second and Aiden is swimming towards you in the water. But so is Beverly. And she raises her trank gun and shoots the sea creature. And as you put your hand on it, it lets out that blast of sound. And the water around you, Whitaker, swirls and you and the sea creature are pulled through oh bitch (laughs) up on the boat raven you are waiting white knuckles grabbing the sides of the boat and you hear aiden come up (sighs) i can't find him as felicity and gary come towards you all on gary's boat vivian's song and beverly comes up from the water whips her mask off and she's like I saw it! Whitaker, you are unable to perceive what happens to you in the moments after it reacts to getting hit and then takes you through this tunnel in the water. The very next thing you remember is coughing awake. You are on a boat, it's moving, and you're, you're too bleary-eyed and out of it to realize like what's going on at first. But you hear a voice from ahead of you, and you can kind of make it out as they shout back to you from the boat. Hey, Whitaker, didn't figure you'd miss us so much you'd come all the way out here. You see Agent Ross is standing up from in front of you, her white hair whipping in the wind, her big sword is strapped to her back, Mac is up on the front with his armor on the chair looking back at you, and he says, what are you doing back home, buddy? Coughing up water. He's like, yeah. what? I'm sorry. Ross Ross says, we're in the UK, Whitaker. How the hell did you get out here? And that is where we will end tonight's I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I I dove off the boat to be funny. (laughs) I'm sorry. What? We just lost our parental supervision. (laughs) No. Dang it. Oh, no. I'm not... Taking it easy. <laughs> oh no, I love it. No, I. Oh, this has been amazing. Good. Hmm. Oh, not the UK. <laughs> it's gonna take you so long. Oh, to there get are home. scary things back there. Yeah, there's some. Full of vampires. Hey, you found where Ross and Spiegel went. That's nice. <laughs>